The MX Vice Show. Welcome to episode 43 of the MX Vice Show podcast. We'll break down just about everything over the next couple of hours, including the silly season in the MXGP cabin. The MX Vice Show podcast is brought to you by Fly Racing, Liat, Planet Motor Holidays, Yoko Europe, Props Racing Parks, Technical Touch, Hinson, KYB, Seven, Even Strokes, Kawasaki UK, and Talon Engineering. If you want to get involved in this podcast or another area of MX Vice, a good person to seek out is Lewis Phillips to see what opportunities are available. Contact Lewis on lewis.phillips at mxvice.com. Uh, he responds to his emails uh, a bit better than I do. Before we get on with the show, have you seen the new Formula helmet from Fly Racing? It's really worth checking out when you start to look for your next helmet. As so much time and research has gone into the formula and has ended up as a phenomenal product. Fly Racing has redefined expectations in safety and performance with a Formula helmet. Tested on the most advanced equipment in the world, the Formula's helmet's overall performance is best in class in both high-velocity crashes as well as rotational and low-speed impacts. Featuring rayon technology, conehead EPS, and a 12K carbon shell, the Formula's Advanced Impact System, AIS, introduced a new approach to both protection and weight reduction. Weighing only 1,290 grams, we believe the formula to be the perfect combination of industry-leading innovation and ultra-lightweight design. Simply put, the formula helmet has changed the game. Visit formula.flyracing.com for more on the helmet and flyracing.com to see their 2021 line of gear. I'm James Burfield. I'm here, as always. I can't seem to get away, although I did try to make a breakout last week, but it got thwarted by Lewis. I'm in studio with Rob from Jukebox Beats. Uh, Rob uh, puts together this podcast show every week. He also does the music for MX Vice videos. And in his other uh, entity, he helps uh, uh, run the even stroke side of the business. And online is that guy, Lewis Phillips, MX Vice editor. How are you? Hi. Hi. It's great that I've been demoted to being introduced last. I appreciate that very much. Yeah, well, we just really think you're that bigger part of the show so just trying to keep your feet on the ground mm. who wrote that introduction for you uh that would have been uh lewis phillips however do you know how many takes that's taken me that's your fault for not being able to read the english word yeah um and also because you are a helmet so this week no gp no, how are you no feeling GP. are you okay you haven't got COVID. I'd well, I haven't got COVID, no. But I'll tell you what, genuinely, like, hand on my heart being ge- deadly honest, not having a GP is, like, weirdly hitting hard. Like, I keep having to remind myself there was only one last weekend, and I, but I feel like there's not been one for months. And I feel like we're not getting... Yeah, I don't know, it's weird. Like, I genuinely feel like I've been without a GP for a very long time. So when's the, when's the next one? 
I mean, great that you host this podcast and ask that question. Uh, next weekend. Next weekend. Okay. Are you looking forward to that? Yeah, very much so. Very much so. Never been to Fienza. So another one of those tracks that I watched on TV growing up that I get to check out for myself. So that's interesting. And I know you like Italy because the food's quite safe for you. No, not Italy. I don't like Italy. Really? Boring. But it's like pizza and spaghetti. I thought you liked both of those. Yeah, I mean, doesn't, life doesn't revolve around food, James. I mean, maybe yours does based on, you know, that waistband of yours. But I've been to enough GPs to know that food does matter because you don't even like potato skins on your fries. Well, yes, but... So it's like potluck with chips when we're away on a GP because if a waiter brings out some chips with potatoes, potato skins on, you, you're not going to eat them. The problem I've had is Fianza and Mantova seem to be in like... Well, I've been to Mantova before, so I know that, but... Fienza also appears to be in the arse end of nowhere. So trying to find a hotel that is going to be good enough to work in for a week with good Wi-Fi and everything is actually quite difficult. But rest assured, the MX Vice team has sorted that out. So don't you worry your head, your little head. Well, as long as you've got it all under control, I ain't got to worry about anything, have I? No. Well, you, apparently, you don't worry about things, so... The fact that you can actually go to uh, Latvia, do free GPs and come back without COVID just shows that I haven't got nothing to worry about. Well, I even got tested twice for it. Potentially, you might have um, hepatitis C or herpes, but, you know, we're not going into that, are we? It's just COVID we're worried about. I presume I'm going to have to go through the whole rigmarole of, uh, like, getting another crew. Get, yeah, rigmarole. One of those words that you say too many times, it's very confusing. Rigmarole. Of, um, I guess I'm going to have to get another corona test before I go to Fienza and all of that again. Can you imagine if you got a test and you can't go? Well, I've imagined that plenty of times before that, yeah. You better stop hanging out down Brighton City Centre, mate. Not oh, yeah, because that is known to be a corona hotspot. Seen it on YouTube. Hmm. I've seen how they contract COVID as well in Brighton. Hmm. Interesting that... 70% of the listeners to this podcast have no idea what Brighton is, so you're just talking. Maybe you'd be, maybe you'd be more comfortable over on the British MX show. Uh, yeah, I need to bring that back. Maybe this, doesn't, maybe this isn't for you. Maybe my fault as the MX Vice leader, or supposed to be, you kind of just give me enough rope to hang myself. Maybe I've placed you in the wrong place. Maybe this isn't for you. You need to be in your little British MX podcast where you can talk about British cities and all of that fun stuff. Well, at first I find that quite hurtful because there's people out there like Calvin and Mitch, which quite like me on this podcast show. I'm sure Arminus quite likes me on the show as well because I take the piss out of you. And I also know that Kevin Strybos likes me on the podcast show. And also, Kevin Strybos has never listened. Kevin Strybos uh, has never listened. I know that for a fact. Well, funny enough. I know he reads it, makes sense. Well, technically, I don't think he reads. He just skims over. But also, interestingly, Kevin has actually backed me to beat you in a race. Brilliant. Um, oh. oh, oh, no, there it goes. What? Oh, I had one fuck, but it flew away. Oh, that's not funny. Is it, was that a comedy club uh, joke, which just uh, gone badly wrong? I just wondering what you're talking about, to be honest. Okay. Right, so um, let's talk the most important thing, what's gone on in your life this weekend. Max. <laughs> you're, just, you're just a mess, aren't you? You're just a mess. I was actually quite excited to watch the outdoors this weekend because normally I'm all in on Supercross 
But by the time the Nationals comes around, we're so deep into MXGP that it's rare that I have a weekend to like properly watch it and properly take, uh, take in the Nationals. So I got to give Loretta Lynn's to my full attention at the weekend. Quite enjoyed that. Watched all four hours. Thoroughly enjoyed it. I like everything about America, including their TV production. And um, yeah, I enjoyed it. I like America very much. Stars and Stripes forever. Well done. Jesus Christ. So I, I, I wasn't kind of alluding to how much you love America and the fact that away from this podcast show, like before we, we were just sort of talking about it, you've actually discussed about going to Indiana this weekend if the border opens. Well, why wouldn't I? I've got a free weekend. I've heard rumours that the borders could be on the verge of opening. I've got a free weekend. Pretty sure I'd be able to get a cheap flight to Indiana. But what happens if you go to Indiana and then you... Oh, no, you're going to have to self-quarantine, aren't you? You won't be able to. Oh, oh what? My punishment? I'm going to have to spend 14 days in America? Oh, no. Wait, I'm oh, just no. saying you'll miss a GP. Red Bud's that weekend. Uh, don't worry about it, guys. I've got this covered. I'm coming back to MXGP. I don't, you're not even a part of MX Vice anymore. You've told us that many times on this podcast, how you're not MX Vice anymore. Hey, Conor McGregor is at more comebacks and retirements than I've had at dinner. So if I want to make a comeback, you know, I, I think... Know if you I think, call it a comeback, you were never really here in the first place. I think it's about time some real journalism was done. Not okay. your wishy-washy, who said this, who said that. You want some <laughs> gritty stuff. Oh. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Not very good for Team Morale, are you? Ah, well, you're not very good for Team Morale. Literally, last week, I wanted to leave the podcast show. You're not in my team. What team? Team MX Vice. You've said this many times. You've left MX Vice. Well, I'm, I'm still there. I'm like an oh. acting consultant. Oh, okay. I, just, I was confused, because when was the last time I managed to speak to you? Oh, don't get like that. Jesus, we're not, we're, this is live on a podcast show. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm Don't joking. start putting your feelings live on air. All right, anyway, moving on, moving on. Do you, do you actually want to talk about this? What? Am I not, am I not showing you the attention you deserve? I, I'd much rather if you just stayed as far away from me as possible, to be honest, two metres distance. I've told you, your arms look much bigger. You're a very handsome chap. It's such an odd fucking guy, honestly. <laughs> Right, right okay. anyway, AMA Nationals. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah. Have you spoken to Max? Yeah, briefly. Um, what, what did he say regarding the result of the weekend? Was he pumped? Well, well it's, obviously, it's a big thing. You kind of forget. He hasn't raced. Well, before Loretta Lynn's won, he hadn't raced in a year. Moved country, moved series, moved house. Obviously, that comes Teams. with moving country. Moved team, moved bike. Everything changed. So... That one moto was almost like a oh look it was all it all works like it was none of it was a wrong move kind of thing so I thought it was quite a um, poignant moment but no it was it was exciting it's exciting a just to see a Suzuki in the race that's something different always exciting yeah. to see a new name up front because like Max being up front in that moto made like I felt like that was quite a different. It, made, it gave a different look to the series. It was like, oh, that's not normal. I feel like we don't have that in MXGP, Matt. I can't think no. of the last time something, like, almost, I feel like MXGP is almost, you know what you're going to get more times than not. Now, that's strange because we're coming off of the most crazy week in Latvia. And, like, 
Jazzacone is winning the moto wasn't expected, but still, I don't know. And Coldenoff winning the GP wasn't expected, and there was five uh, moto winners, weren't there? In six, so maybe I'm wrong completely. But I don't know. I just feel like I feel like the craziness of Loretta Lynn's two was quite exciting. The the cool thing, um, because obviously I I get to you know hear from you about Max and stuff like that. Obviously, the injury he went through was quite a serious injury, and he's had to come back from that. But and on all the background, of, you know, like say moving and stuff like that, and, and the fact that he went out there and done that the weekend, and he's still like nowhere near race fitness in in, in everything else yet, is he? Well, I wouldn't say nowhere near, but he's definitely not one hundred percent. He's building up. Yeah, yeah, but he, he literally what's that? His second race in a year. Yeah. So as, as race pace and fitness goes, he's 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 not there. He's he, he can't be anywhere near. He's only just come back. Well, so it's only going to get better. Yeah, you know, it's going to get better, and he's not where he, he's not one hundred percent yet. But what I'm saying, in my mind, when you say nowhere near, that sounds miles off. Like nowhere near, in my mind, is like forty percent. Okay. Well, he what he, where he's probably what eighty percent. Yeah, I'd say 80, 70, 75, 80, 85. Maybe eighty five is a bit of a push. Yeah, seventy five, eighty. So that's good. So over the next couple couple weeks, he's going to build on that. Yeah. Um, you know, everyone, everyone... He can't be disappointed, though, if he goes out and gets a 8 or a 7-7. Seven, seven. Just because, because it's, it's still about building, isn't it? It's still about... Oh, yeah. Well... Let's not get carried away. Let's not get carried away. All I'm saying is that, like, don't heap pressure on him. It, it's, it's still a lot to do. First of all, wow, you've just thrown a lot of information and thoughts at me there. That's right. what I'm here for. Like literally, literally, you have just you have just lobbed statements and words in my direction. I don't like, know where to go. Can you, can you tell I've been thinking about this? You literally just lot like like just, you just chucked what? Tell me what? Um. Okay, I'm not. I'm gonna kind of go my own way with this because I don't really know how to continue what you said because it was just a lot. Okay, but hopefully, what I'm about to say. Fix him with what you said a little bit. I wasn't there. Obviously, the no conditions shit. did... Sadly, I wasn't there. Rest in peace. Sadly. Um, not because I'm dead. But I'm going to say rest in peace for that. But obviously, the conditions did play in his favour. It was wet. However, I wouldn't say it was a full mudder, that second moto. I felt like, from what I was watching, the track started to come around a little bit. Yeah, so I don't think you track. can. I don't think I don't think you can just put it down to. Oh yeah, it was a mudder. Like the first mudder was a complete mudder. Like statement fact, no arguing it. I felt like the second mudder looked like it started to come around a bit. So I, I think it's wrong to just go. Oh yeah, it was a mudder. And that's why he was up front. Obviously, the conditions did play through his strength. You could even see it in some of the lines he was using. You were like, it was like, oh, he's clearly kind of put his head around this track. And okay, yeah, like you said, that's not to say he's going to go three one or three three again this weekend. But I do think he's massively underestimated. And to be honest, maybe I underestimated the package as a whole because I don't think anyone knew what the HEP Suzuki was actually going to be like outdoors. They've never done outdoors. How about that for a story as well? That team's, not, that team's had limited success in Supercross and has just got a moto podium in their second ever outdoor race. So there's a lot, there's a lot, cool of, when you say that. There's a lot going on. Well, yeah, the only thing they've ever led is an LCQ. So to have Max lead 11 of the 15 laps in a 450 moto is huge. 
And also, yeah. on that point, I 100% think he would have won had it not been for the back market. Do you think? Oh, yeah. Yeah, because the thing that, the thing that, I, the thing that meant more to me than him leading was the fact that like on lap two, Musquin closed in and then Max just pulled away. And there was another point around the halfway mark where the gap came down to like two seconds and then it went straight yeah. back up to five. So when I was watching that in my head, I was like, okay, like this clearly is like, he's clearly like, this is a manageable situation for him. It's not, yeah. he's just holding on. It's like, okay, he's actually like got this in his, he's got control over this situation. No, yeah, it's, it's just exciting, isn't it? And it's not, it's not because it's British. Like, I've said it many times on this podcast. I couldn't really give a shit who's British and who's not. But Max being over there is, A, exciting because it's something new. It's something different. 450 riders don't normally make the switch. Normally, it's like Hunter and Jet who go over at the beginnings of their careers. So even Max doing it, going from 450 class to 450 class is enough of an exciting change in itself. It's just, a, it's just a cool story. I just like the story of it. It's an, inter- it's an interesting one. And I think, yeah, okay, maybe he won't podium this weekend. But I think that he will be good. Like, I, I what, 5-5, five, 5-6? Five, five, I think that's where he, on a typical average weekend, I think he's a top six guy easily. And I think some people think he's, like, 10th place guy. But I don't think that's the case at all. No, I, I don't think either. And I got some shit for saying that, but... Uh, yeah, I'd say top six every week. Eventually, when he's at one hundred percent, I think that sounds about right. Yeah. Equally, um, actually, yeah, we will talk about that later. It's that's a question. We've got that as a question in the Liat Ask Vice Anything segment. So I'll say that. Okay. Yeah. No, it's, it was just like you say. It, it made it interesting. It's made me want to watch it. Um, you know, more and more. So. I, I'm I'm interested to follow the journey and see how he gets on throughout the rest of the year. Hopefully, um. He stays injury free, and he can just keep, um, you know, getting better each week. It was funny, obviously that second, that second four fifty moto was um, Osborne, Musquin, Max. So I did a little research because I thought there's a very high chance that at some point in MX two they also shared a moto podium, and I was like, that's a bit like funny little story, isn't it? But they didn't. Not on the same weekend. No. Not on the same moto. So that's a shame. Mainly because Musquin and Max missed each other. Because Max's first year in GPs was 2011 with CLS, and that was Marvin's first year in uh, America. So, but Max and Zach shared moto podiums in GPs many times. But not, not the three of them. Well, no. Thanks for that, just It's like, again, that's just, to me, that's just an interesting, like, that makes the whole story more interesting. Yeah. Whatever helps you see. The uh, interesting thing was uh, obviously there's a few mechanicals which we fully expected in, in bits and pieces went on. It was it was just an entertaining race, which it always is when it's a, it's a bit of a murder. It's kind of oh, it's, it always is. It's America. Of course, it's always going to be entertaining. Stars and stripes forever. What? Oh, shut up. We have entertaining GP races. Yeah, we do. I'm just saying, America, stars and stripes forever. Jesus. They're not going to grant you a green card by listening to this podcast. You know that, don't you? <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I'm getting to the point now where I'm like, I'm really getting the itch to go to America. Yeah, but um, that wouldn't be the same if Max wasn't there. If no. Max was back in GPs, you'd be like, oh, I, I like it, but I'm, I'm happy here. Yeah, I'm going to laugh. I love America. You know how much I love America. I don't need any 
persuaded. I don't think I don't think America loves you. No, I don't think they do. No, no. It's like I, I you could always go over if you want. Why not? Well, there's this coronavirus thing at the moment. Well, yeah. After that, well, we should look at relocating you. Maybe go over there for a year. Sold. Well, you you do that for a year, and then myself, Sean, and Wes will just um, you know grind out the GP series. Maybe it'd be best for me to just disappear to America for a year, and then all the people that hate me in GPs that'll give that a chance to heal, and then I come back no. a year later, and everything's fine. Or maybe maybe those wounds are too deep. Yeah, it's not going to take a year. We're talking probably about. I don't know, five, six, maybe. Just kind of like out, out of sight, out of mind. And then oh, once you've off, for six years then. Once you've pissed off America, then you can just come back. Go about that. I don't really like the whole coming back part. Okay. Well, that's it. MX Vice HQ. Where are you going? California or Florida? Um I had to think of it. Sorry, sorry, you're talking about America, so I take the questions very seriously. I was putting some thought into that. No, California. My heart is in California. Okay. Okay. You never know. You might meet a nice, a nice lady or a man Such over a there. Prick. Settle down with. Anything else you want to talk about America? Are you quite I'm looking happy forward to, to Iron Man? And I'm actually looking forward to speaking to Max and finding out what Iron Man is like to ride because that's one track that I look at and I'm like, that track looks fun. If you've got the if you've got the skills to actually like go around it well, obviously. So you're looking at looking forward to Iron Man and just find it out. Like yeah, because like that, I do every year. I look at that track and I'm like, that looks like a bloody good track. Well, you should get Dang to Iron Man. Get on, get on Dang on him. Right, cool. That's great. We've got the 106th edition of the MXGP calendar. What's been released uh, just after last week's podcast. And I, I like to call it the Tri-Nations Cup now, not the World Championship. So do you want to talk, us, talk a little bit about the changes? Basically, we record this podcast every Tuesday afternoon and it goes out Wednesday. So in the time between the show being recorded and the show going out last week, the calendar came out. But I obviously talked about what I'd heard and I was pretty bang on, except for the fact that the six Italian races that are coming up aren't back to back. There is actually a break in between. So we've got our one weekend off between Faenza and Mantua. But as I um, said last week, we have got triple header Faenza, triple header Mantua. There were rumours in Latvia that the triple header Faenza would actually be Ottobiano, But obviously that doesn't seem like it's going to be the case. But the good news is, very good news, very exciting. We've got a weekend off this weekend. And then after that, there's one weekend off until middle of November. Literally... Makes me happy just saying that. <laughs> I can't even control myself. Actually, the best news that anyone could have ever told me. <laughs> just, I, I, yeah, I do worry about you. I really do. As far as rumours that I spoke about last week, it all kind of came true. One thing that was unexpected, although maybe expected in the grand scheme of things, is Argentina's become TBA. And as I've mentioned on this podcast many times, an event this year. It's now TBC. Basically, depending on the calendar you look at, it's TBA or TBC. It's been like this all year. The calendar on mxgp.com says TBA, but the actual released calendar says TBC. Either way, same thing. I'm a betting man, and I Well, as I was just about to say, I've said it on this podcast all year. The second an event becomes TBA, that's basically the beginning of the end. What happened to Russia and Aguada? They were TBA, gone. 
What happened to Tushintal, Lockett, France? They were TBA in the middle of the year, gone. Actually, fun little fact for you, every event that's become TBA since coronavirus hasn't but come off of TBA. So I would bet we're ending the championship 8th of November in Trentino, which personally upsets me because Argentina was going to be November the 22nd, so we're ending the season two weeks early, which means two more off weekends. Well, the other, the other uh, way you could look at this is by going to America a little bit early. So you get your Are you fix. even going to be able to go to America at that point? I'm starting to worry about this now. What, you think? Every, yeah, I don't know. Sure. When, like, when you look at Supercross, beginning of January, that's not far away at all now. Was it like episode 33 where you just said to just take two paracetamols and it'll be fine? You can, you can lead a horse to water, James. Can't make it drink. So we've got nine rounds now in, in Italy. Why would anyone complain about that? We've got three good tracks. None of those are man-made. We're not spending uh, nine races at Palembang, for instance. Like You've got old-school track, hard-packed, hilly, about as old-school as you can get in Fienza, box-ticked. You've got Mantova, which is old-school in the sense that it's been around for quite a while, but also quite new-school in the sense of like it's quite jumpy in that, but also sandy. Great track, lots of good races there over the years. Got history behind it. Box ticks. Got Trentino. Everyone knows about Trentino. World famous track. Brilliant scenery, all of that. Great track. Old school, hard pack. Box tick. As far as the calendar goes, this is a safe calendar that also visits good tracks. So we're not. Although we're compromising, uh, yeah. although we're compromising countries, we're keeping variety in the sense that we've got the hard pack of Faenza and Trentino and the sand of Lommel and Mantova, but we're also keeping the spirit of the championship because we're going to GP-deserving tracks. And you know what? It works. We're, we're, we, you know what? We're getting, we're getting them XGP. Well, I don't care. Send me to Kazakhstan. Exactly. I was, I was just saying, if they've done 10 rounds in Kazakhstan, it's a GP. It's, we just need to get this, this, this done and dusted. And at least we've got some racing. Because, um, you know, every week something's changing. Countries going into to quarantine or lockdown or, well, or, or whatever, or different measures. So it's, the fact that they're able to run this is, is a te- you know, it's great, great, great work. On that, the weekend off between Fienza and Mantova interests me. Because at that point, everyone's going to leave Italy. So... That interests because well, we're leaving it. I'm leaving Italy. Like originally, I was thinking it was going to be like um, Fienza and Mantova on a streak, and you just stay in Italy the whole time. But now I'm going to leave Italy, so I guess okay, you don't have to quarantine either way, which is good and basically means it's a non-issue. But I guess while you after you leave Italy, there's still the potential for something to go wrong in the country, and then because you're not already there, you're not allowed back in. But I guess you just fly by the seat of your pants, don't you? Well. I'm guessing that um, this is going to be something that, that you and others are going to have to look at because if, if it does change, well, then you will be This would have be been great for you to tell me before I booked the flight stream. It, well, it's, it's just a case that you won't be flying back out again. So um, you just, be, just don't cancel oh. the, the flight on the way home. A- again, it could change. It could, it could change. That the, you know, if, if you're faced with, um, if you go back, you're going to have to quarantine for 14 days, then you're going to have to stay in, in Italy as, uh, as are I'll the, tell you the riders and, and everybody else. I'm so happy. We've got outdoors. We've got GPs. Why, why are you happy? The coronavirus is, your, is, your is just a complete? minor blip on this otherwise brilliant time. 
We're going to go for a small break. <laughs> I would like to thank the first half sponsors, Talon. Uh, this show is brought to you by Talon, the industry leaders in aftermarket wheels and sprockets. Teams like Rockstar Energy, Sparna Factory Racing in the USA, Rocky Mountain ATV, MC KTM, Bill Base Honda, and more. Put trust in the same wheels that you can get your hands on. Get more Talon information at talon-eng.com. We'll be back in five. You are listening to the MX Vice Show. Technical Touch have been supplying KYB OEM spare parts and factory kit suspension in Europe for decades. Many of the riders you see on track in the FIM Motocross World Championship are using KYB suspension from Technical Touch. Whether you are looking for factory kit suspension or KYB spare parts and oils, they have you covered. Shop now at www.technical-touch.com. Yoko have returned to top flight motocross with a bang. The Yoko Vili collection is made with racing in mind and designed to be the lightest and most flexible motocross gear on the market. Go to yokoeurope.com to locate your nearest dealer or shop online. Talon wheels have been iconic in the industry for over 30 years. Designed, built, and manufactured in the UK. Talon wheels, sprockets, and footrests, and clutch baskets are used by professional riders like Jason Anderson, Zach Osborne, and Sean Simpson. Head over to www.talon-eng.co.uk for more info. Even Strokes is the newest e-commerce store in motocross. Built by motocross enthusiasts, Evenstrokes understands your need and offers all of the products you need for a weekend at the track. Shop now for Yoko, Alpine Stars, Fast House, and more at evenstrokes.com. Liat, protecting riders from head to toe. Check out liat.com for more. Hinson is the world-leading manufacturer of clutch baskets, clutch covers, clutch discs, and springs for both dirt bikes and quads. Hinson products are used by many leading riders like HRC Honda, Monster Energy Kawasaki, KTM Factory Racing, and Monster Energy Yamaha Factory Racing. Shop for Hinson products at technical-touch.com. The MX Vice Show. Welcome back to part two of the MX Vice podcast show. Great to have you guys back with us. Uh, I'm still here, luckily, clinging on. Uh, Lewis hasn't replaced me yet. We'd like to thank Fly Racing, Liat, Planet Motor Holidays, Yoko Europe, Prox Racing Parks, Technical Touch, Hinson, KYB, Seven, Even Strokes, Kawasaki UK, and of course, Talon Engineering. As we always say, without those guys, we wouldn't be here. And this, that is just the most truest statement. Those guys are the, are the ones that are not only supporting this podcast show but they're also helping out with you know the work what we do behind the scenes with mx vice it's not cheap sending lewis and his entourage to um, gps creating the content and everything else that we do so you know we got some fantastic companies behind us this year and if i kind of think back to 12 months ago i was literally in a very very unhappy place here we are back with mx vice again and you know this is all basically because of these these sponsors which uh, we went to and we spoke to Eichmann, and just after Eichmann, they just said, yeah, we'll, we'll support you guys. We don't know what budget we've got because we've spent it all, but uh, we'll find a way of working with you. So um, pretty cool to have, you know, have these, these, the peop- not only the brands, but the people who work in these brands. It's, it is very, very cool to have these people behind us. Second part of the show brought to you by Technical Touch with an air, oil, separated clothes cartridge design 
that is well known in the MX world, the KYB factory kit suspension from our friends at Technical Touch was perfected on one of the toughest tracks in MXGP series. With all the anodized internal parts and DLC coated inner tubes, internal friction is reduced to the minimum. By adding a mid-speed valve, the KYB factory kit spring fork can be adjusted over a much broader range. One of the extra features of this factory suspension product is a custom spring collar, which provides more front wheel control and increased comfort on jump landings. You too can experience the best in off-road suspension that is used by Jeremy Sewer, Ben Watson, and James Burfield. No, my joke. Not yet. Head to technical-touch.com forward slash KYB hyphen factory hyphen kit hyphen suspension hyphen info for more information. I was actually just talking, Lewis, about this today, about my need to get the bike over, to get the Team Green Kawasaki over to Technical Touch and get the suspension done. I feel like it's holding oh, me back. Wow. Yeah, I know I could be a better rider with um, my suspension set up. I was at Formbury MX uh, last week, last Thursday, and just felt that I reckon it's probably costing me about 15 seconds a lap. Guessing you're um, hinting that you'd like Technical Touch to do your suspension for free? Uh, I don't think they would do it for free. I think uh, I think I will be um, paying because obviously it's worth paying. Uh, but it's just it's just getting in the country at the moment. Obviously I will say this. Restriction. So the whole Technical Touch thing in Belgium, I think I've, I've kind of said this before about another thing. But before I actually started doing my job, in my head I always just presumed Belgium was so far away because obviously... It's across water, and then you've got to go through France, all of that. In my head, I was always like, geez, like, that's so far away. But actually, it's not far at all. And when you've got something like Technical Touch on the other end, it's so worth what actually is, what, a four-hour drive and a 50-quid ferry? Like, the point is, if you look at yeah. it, it's actually so feasible to just get over there, get your suspension sorted at Technical Touch for pennies, really. Do you know what? You've convinced me, Lewis. I'm going to get in my pickup now. Okay. And I'm gone. Brilliant. So, James, would you like to play the even strokes? Are you smart on a birth game? Oh, wow. I'm back. Actually... I'm back. I, I... Where did you actually go then? Or was that, was that meant to be funny, like you were going to Belgium? No, I was, I was gone in my mind. I was just thinking about me gliding around Hornbury MX with my oh, technical touch suspension. So... Yeah, even strokes, are you smarter than a birth game? Rapidly gathering pace. It's a five-question quiz. Um, no, it's not. Also, before we start, I'd like to add, if anyone's got questions that they want me to ask James, then feel free to send them in because I'm starting to struggle with coming up with questions for him because clearly none of them are any good because he gets them all wrong. And also, guys, if you are going to send in questions, don't be a dick. Help a brother out. As we've talked about many times, I'm hosting a game show here. The contestant doesn't speak until spoken to. Even Strokes, Are You Smarter Than a Birth is presented by, well, shocker, evenstrokes.com. Uh, evenstrokes.com is an online shop with a range of offers on Talon, Fox, Yoko, One Gripper, Alpine Stars, Rentful, Motorex, and more. Uh, visit evenstrokes.com for deals on Fox gear and casual wear, then use the code MXVICE, uh, all caps, no spaces to get 50% off of your complete order. Brilliant. So, five questions. We should mention that that 15% code will be valid up until the 1st of September. After the 1st of September, we have the all-new FXR kit, Fox 2021 kit, Yoko 2021 kit. All that's going to be on the site, but unfortunately, 
the MX Vice fifteen percent won't work with with those. Um, uh, when you say brands. we've got to mention this, is this MX Vice James talking or even Strokes James? Uh, even Strokes oh. uh, James talking okay, to just... MX Vice. Unfortunately, your your code will work until September the first, but after that, unfortunately, uh, the new kit we have to adhere to uh, retail prices. Before we start, do you confirm that you have no? information in front of you no screen no access to the internet i will turn around my ipad okay uh you need four out of five to win the game you've yet to win the game in any week so maybe today will be the day are you ready i doubt it you could do this name the two mx2 riders on the asimoto honda team this year and you have 10 seconds starting now Usland and Rubini. Oh, you actually got it. Yes. That's one out of five. Okay, brilliant. Four British riders, right up your alley, as we discussed earlier. Maybe the British podcast is where you should live. Uh, four British riders have gotten points in the MX2 class this year so far. Uh, name all four of them in 15 seconds. In MX2? Yes, that's what I said. Okay, Muse, Watson. Um, <laughs> four, three, Ooh. two, one. Hang on, can have like five more seconds? Okay, five, uh, four, three, two, one. Grimshaw. Over. Thanks for, <laughs> thanks for wasting everyone's time. That's five seconds we're not getting back. Uh, you were looking for Josh Gilbert. Oh, bollocks. And you were looking for Ashton yeah. Dickinson. Oh. That's a shame. Yeah, I should have got Gilbert. If, I didn't realize that. I didn't realize Dickinson got um, points there. Yeah, I think uh, it was at one of the Latvias. I believe the second Latvia, a single point with twentieth place. Well, Rob's nodding because Rob was trying to tell me, give give me a little help there, but I, I didn't. Well, know. Once I didn't again, know. I don't know why people would try to help you. That's not in the spirit of the game. <laughs> It's because we stick together, okay? Okay, question three. Right. <coughs> Sorry, coronavirus. <coughs> uh, question three. Who had more overall wins in their MX2 career? Marvin Musquin, Tommy Searle, or Tyler Rattray? You have 10 seconds. Rattray. That's correct. Yes! You're two for three so far, which is one of your better showings. Uh, if, you're, if you're interested, Rattray had 15 wins in his MX2 career. Tommy yep. had 14, and Miss Squim uh, had 14 as well. <coughs> you got something stuck in your throat? Yeah. <laughs> is it big and long? Right. So you basically need to get the next two right in order to win the game this week. Okay. Question four. One Australian rider. I think I might have asked you this before, or I deleted it, but even if I have asked you this before, it's just embarrassing on your part, really, if you get it wrong. One Australian rider has finished on the MX1 slash MXGP podium since 2004. Just one Australian rider. In 10 seconds, name that rider. Fucking hell. Uh... Four, three, 
Two. Chad Reed. <laughs> no, not Chad Reed. <sighs> uh, oh, no, 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 I got it. Dean Ferris. Also wrong. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, Todd Waters. Fucking hell, Todd. Majora 2015, uh, Mudder. Oh. This question, this question's going to go well. I fuck, I've had enough of this. This shit game. Question five. One Finnish rider. No one cares. That's, that's Finland, just in case you're not up on your yeah. nationalities. One, I know where fucking Finland's from. <laughs> Team Anti. One, well, funny you say that. One Finnish rider has finished on the MX1 slash MXGP podium since 2004. Name that rider that's in 10 fun. seconds. Anti Pyridon. <laughs> no! <laughs> I probably led you up that garden path, didn't I? <laughs> you, you're, you're such a prick, honestly. No one likes you. <laughs> I was trying not to laugh when I said, oh, funny you say that. <laughs> <laughs> probably led you up that garden path. Great work by me. Uh, you've still got eight seconds if you want to have another stab. I'm sure you can't even name another finish rider, can you? <laughs> uh, Harry Coolis. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, who else is uh, just... what about uh, Spinkle Frillilikovisky oh that's correct no, obviously not he's quite good no yeah who are you willing to fall on your sword at this point well I've fucking only got two fucking questions right aren't I you see Vevelainen oh fucking hell how am I supposed to remember that do you know you see Vevelainen okay I can't even <laughs> no I can't even fucking see it well to win the game, bonus question, spell Bevelainen. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking hate you. Spell Bevelainen. Spell Bevelainen. You have all the time in the world. I, I can't fucking spell it, can I? Bevelainen. Well, just give it a go. I can't even say it. That's it's got it. some hate. I think it's got a H in there. It's got a couple of N's. It's got the E well, N. You, that's all correct. So have a go. You might have. You might be on the right track. No, no. Let's fucking get on okay, with it. I've spell, got better things to do in this shit game. Spell Yussi. I said. I said. Well, I tell you what. I spell P R I C K. That's you, prick. P- oh, okay. I would have loved it if you'd spelled that wrong. That would have actually made my year. <laughs> well, you can't smell either, so. Yeah, you see, Vevelainen. Right, let's, uh, let's just get on. MXGP of Portugal in 2005, Agueda. Third overall, stood on the podium next to his Cass Honda teammate, Josh Coppins. Oh, God, it that's about <laughs> Josh, wasn't it? I was a Josh Coppins fan growing up. That had nothing to do with his question, which wasn't related to Josh Coppins at all. Ooh, Fun fact. When I was Your a so big. when I was um aspire an aspiring sixty five rider doing my Belgian training, yeah. I was right. <laughs> Fuck off! You went to Belgium training for a week. Went to Belgium on, for, to ride for a week. Really? Yeah. If you let me finish my story, I'm gonna have, I'm gonna have to pick Piney's brains on this <laughs> one. Maybe she's got photos. Well, if you let me finish my story, I was riding my sixty five at Honda Park, and um. Obviously, they've got a proper... Oh. Are you going to let me finish this story? I remember the, I remember the story, yeah. Uh, and I was, doing, Carry on. I was doing practice starts because obviously that was going to be a big part of my racing career one day. And you see Vevelainen, this, this would have been in 2005, funnily enough, was there doing practice starts at exactly the same time on his Cass Honda 450. 
So I did a practice start on my 65 with Yossi Bevelainen at Honda Park. Yeah, but tell us the other story. What happened I don't think there Park. is another story. You like to imagine... No, I thought it was the one where you accidentally took somebody out. That never... No idea what you're talking about. Was that not you? No. That must have been someone yeah, else. Yeah, that was someone else. I, I thought... I thought it was there was one where you were you literally accidentally took somebody out when you were younger. No, I'm trying to think of one of these tracks. I'm trying to think of a time in my life when I say that happened and I said no. Okay. Um. Yeah. So. Well, that was a that was. To be fair, that was a really shit story. Well, also, I went. That was shitter than the game. I went to Lommel training that week. Rode onto the sand. I, I don't need no way people fucking listen to this podcast show when you come out with shit like that. Rode onto the sand and immediately just dropped. That's how, if you want an idea of how deep the sand at Lommel is, literally hit the track, immediately ground to a halt and just fell and then turned around and went home. <laughs> I, I, I don't know what to say. <laughs> anyway, thank you for participating in the Even Strokes Are You Smarter Than a Birth quiz. Your final score this week was two out of five. That was shit, wasn't it? Uh, I don't know. What I found it fairly enjoyable. Yeah. Well, apologies, everybody. If anybody can send in better questions, anyway, because they're just ridiculous. Okay. Fucking Australian. How was I supposed to know that? Fucking Todd Waters. One. Do you want to know? Guess do, you want, for Ice do you want to know how I thought you might know that? Because we were doing a PR. No, because no, <laughs> because you were there. Was I? Yeah. Well, I can't even remember what I was doing last week. So. <laughs> Oh. I have no fucking idea. Okay. Where was it? Majora? Yeah, Mudder. It's, oh, that was the Mudder. Yeah, I've got videos of that, actually. Federal went... That, was, that really pissed down, didn't it? 1-6, I believe, for the win. That was the year he had the bent-up bike. Mm. Was that when he had the big one off the jump? Yeah, and had the bent handlebars. Going down the hill. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Bonus question. That was a miracle. Just because you, oh, e no. you seem to want easier questions. No. Okay. I don't want bonus. What if we finish the game? Oh, sorry. We finish the game. Who was no the two thousand? Who was the no two thousand and four MX two world champion? Well, it went Steve Ramon because he was in six. <laughs> well, also that's MX one, and it was two thousand and seven. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck off! See what I mean? Fucking who even knows this stuff? That wasn't even. Who the... even knows? It's champ. Everyone knows who the champion is. I'm sure if you ask a lot of F one fans, they'll be able to name you who the champions were. What in two thousand and four? MX two world champion. I don't know. I know I should know, but I don't. Uh, know. Initials BT. Oh, Ben Tang. I was hoping that one, you wouldn't even get it after that. Anyway, thank you for playing Even Strokes. Are you smarter than a birth game? Shit. We appreciate Shit your game. participation. Right. Finally, let's move on. Let's do something proper. Okay. Next up is Liat. Ask Vice anything. Did you know that the Liat neck brace is proven to reduce the risk of serious injury by up to 47%? Did you know that it's highly adjustable to fit riders of all levels? Redefine your limits with confidence and choose Liat, the sponsors of this Ask Vice Anything segment. Liat, protecting riders from head to toe. Check out liat.com for more. So, Lewis, you said we got some good questions this yeah, we're doing it. We're doing it earlier than normal because even though I'm not the host, I I ruled this because 
We're, yep. we're in a strange sort of co-host situation, aren't we, where I write your introduction and stuff. Well, it's just you just paratrip all the time. Okay. Uh, yeah, because normally we do this at the end of the show and we answer a lot of the questions before we get there. So seeing as there's no racing, we thought we'd do the questions earlier and then that way we wouldn't answer them before we get here. And also, why not? We've also got a lot of great questions this week, which I was impressed by. A lot of great. Um, I'm going to add a few more in because it looks like you've um, missed out a couple of essential ones. Well, we only t- we only so... tackle the best ones. And before you try to be funny, how about we just get on with the proper questions? Okay, I just feel like you've missed some 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 great questions here. Okay, first up on Liat, ask Vice anything. Austin Gregg, do you think we will see any midweek rounds post COVID? Riders and teams seem to like it. There is less competition for TV time on a Wednesday evening, and it could help privateers cut costs, especially if rangs are in close proximity or even the same track. Um, I, I, I spoke about this last week, but I've just randomly got confused now that I listened to this back. He said Wednesday evening. So what series is he talking about? Supercross? No, what time was the Latvian? It wasn't, it wasn't an evening, James. That's when it gets dark. Okay. Well, <laughs> so, honestly, honestly, honestly. <laughs> Well, Latvia is, what, two hours in front? Yeah, which means that in England and the rest of Europe, it was actually earlier than normal. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I can see the problem. Mate, hang on. The first... His name's Austin Gregg. The guy could be from America. Well, should we take this as a MXGP? Well, let's do it for everything. Let's do it for everything. Or Australia. Or Australia. Well, yeah. You... You're just, see? You, don't, you haven't done, the, you, have, you don't know this. You're, you're making comments and you don't know the full story. Austin might be in a different country. I said it last week. Who's the fool now? I said it last week, but I'll quickly hash for it again. MXGP-wise, I would be very interested if, like, they rejig the old MXGP festival that they used to have in Matterley, so that every single season, in the summer, uh, June, July, August, they pick one country, different country every year, maybe you can rotate them between the proper rounds that can support this, you do one free race stint like this, so that say August 2021, we do three Latvias, Sunday, Wednesday, Sunday, like we did. And then August 2022, we do three Lommels, like, and that every year, that's like an MXGP festival type feel. So that the, like fans can, obviously, you'd be able to have fans at that point. Uh, fans can camp out of the track and maybe Monster bring in three star riders for the Monday. And then, like, you know, you could do all sorts, like, for a, for a, um, brand if you can get with the amount of people who camp at a gp if you can actually get people at a track for that long the stuff you'd be able to do as a brand and sponsor of a series would be unreal so you could actually have a really cool week of racing and just a motocross festival type thing so i'd like to see that would you hang around for the fmx lewis because you love a good bit of fmx don't you? Well, it's not for me i'll be working it's for the people who are on holiday Okay, but would you spend some time watching FMX? I'm a mild. Why don't you talk about your love of FMX? I've forgotten, to be honest. It's been a while. And seeing as there's... Well, actually, I was about to say that I won't have to see it either this year because there's no European Supercrosses. But as far as I know, the plug hasn't been pulled on Paris yet, which is odd. Really? Yeah. I don't think it has yet. Really just clinging onto that for dear life, I know. So, yeah, as far as MXGP goes... I would like to see that. However, TV competition doesn't really do anything for MXGP because 
it's all done through NHGP essentially. So that's a non-factor. Whereas obviously in America, if NBC Sports have nothing going on on a Wednesday night, then it's potentially quite valuable to fill to have a product to sell them at that time. There we go. I I, I think well, I don't think it will happen. It'd be great if they if it it could happen where they have like. Uh... I'm not sure about the mini festival, but I definitely like the idea of um, two or three rounds consolidated. Like, do you not? This. Do you not? Do you not think that's great? Are you not just immediately sold on that idea? What a festival! Yeah, like literally, you have so you have it like we had in Latvia: Sunday, Wednesday, Sunday, and then EMX Saturday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday. So there's only three days off. On Monday, I'm sure that Monster or someone would put FMX on. Yeah, like, like say, imagine your fly. You have a booth there. You have someone there talking about a Formula helmet. I mean, I imagine that would be so valuable to everyone. You just do a discount rate on camping. Like I say, you do it in the summer so that people will actually say, well, that's our summer holiday. We'll just go to Latvia for a week. We'll go to Lommel for a week. Well, I guess if you had the EMX races, like if you had all classes EMX races on the days before, I think that would be kind of cool. Well, yeah, so that's like what I'm saying. Had... Just like Latvia. Just copy that, paste it into a proper situation with fans. Yeah, but I would I would add in like all the classes. So like, do the one? No, two, no, five, no. Because this 15, is what this, this is WMX. This is where I was saying how I don't. I wasn't a fan of the MXGP festival as it was in 2012 because there were so many classes. There was just too much noise. Yeah, but what are you going to do for like days when you're not when you're there? But think about the people camping. Yeah, this is exactly what I've just said. The Monday when there's no action, you have freestyle put on. You have brands there doing activation. All of that stuff. And also, people can just leave the track on those days. So, oh, yeah, we'll do motocross this day, and then we'll camp at the track, but we'll just go into the city on this on this Monday off, and then be back three. Like, I feel like there's... I feel like it's quite... In my head, it's quite a cool idea. And valuable to everyone, fans and brands. Okay. I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm a little bit on the fence on that. In my mind, it's like a foolproof plan. If I'm going to go to... Yeah. Old. Yeah. Uh, Jack Woods, in Latvia, did riders practice midweek or was the only time they were on the bike on race day? Same goes for Italy. Will they only ride race days? Have you got something against Aaron Murphy? Uh, I didn't actually see them. My microphone was in the way. Anyway. Uh, I can do that after. Yeah, everyone did ride. Not everyone. Um, but a majority of riders did ride midweek in Latvia. Uh, even between the... Sunday and Wednesday, which is surprising because that was a shorter gap. But like Herlin's Road, uh, Muse Road, Sterry Road, Fevra Road, Jacoby Road. I don't know if the Yamaha riders rode. I don't think they did. But even so, even the riders who didn't ride, like um, Watson and Paul Ann, uh, at each MXGP race, there's like a little, they call it a test track, but essentially it's just, it's basically a straight line marked out where there's a one metal grate and a start gate so that you can basically go over there and do practice starts till your heart's content and work out some kinks or whatever. So even people who didn't ride, like Paul Ann spent a lot of time just practicing starts there, as did Watson. The place where he made gains for the start and did back testing was in the MXGP pits where they have this little area marked out. I don't know if I did a good job of explaining the area for people that have never been in the MXGP pits, but it is essentially that. Out the back of the pits, there's a little fenced off area with a metal grate, a gate, and then enough of a straight line where you can just do a practice start. 
and that's free to use for everyone. EMX, MXGP, MX2, whenever they want. That's cool. Okay. Uh, Aaron Murphy, what are your thoughts on the new EMX Open Series? To me, it's like the old MX3 class. I hashed this out a lot over the last two weeks. Do we really want me to do it again? Uh, for those who didn't listen to last week's show or the, or the uh, week before, can you just uh, maybe sort of put it into like a one-minute package? Okay. Uh, so at the moment, to me, the series is like half pregnant. It's partly the old MX3 class, which is fine. That's fine. But it's also partly a MXGP support class where the riders who aren't good enough to go into MXGP go to prove themselves, like your Kim Sebastian, younger riders like that. So you've got the older riders like MX3, but also the younger riders. So to me, it's half pregnant because you've got a mix of both. So I feel like whatever way it wants to go is fine, but I feel like we need to give it an identity one way or the other. If it wants to be an MX3 series, that's fine. That's a good place for older riders to go. Like when Tanel Leon finally hangs up his MXGP boots, maybe he goes there. That's a good place for him. Alternatively, if it's a place for younger riders to go and prove themselves, then maybe that's a good place for Lars Van Berkel or even, say, Dylan Walsh didn't end up getting an MXGP rider, Jackie Martins. Maybe that's a good place for them to go to prove their stuff to the MXGP teams. I think either way works, but I feel like it needs to pick a path one way or another. Yeah, I really like the idea of um, the EMX 450 being that kind of the young up and coming riders are probably too big for um, 250. Um, they need to step up to 450. MXGP is too, it's just too much, too much too soon. And then you've got the people who kind of like, um, like Valentin Guillo the year before. Like that would have been a, a perfect opportunity for him to go, right, shit, I haven't got a, I haven't got a ride this year. I'm going to go and do the MX450 Open. Because if I can go and do the MX450 Open, I can literally put in really good fast laps, you know, dominate it and everything else. It's going to, going to put me in a good, good, good place for people to kind of recognize me and, and step back up to MXGP. I really like that idea. Some, I like yeah, that idea. Uh, like in, something's better than nothing in that case. Yeah, I, I, no, I just think that um, it's an affordable series. It keeps people in the spotlight. They're there on the same weekends. They're getting coverage uh people are talking about um they're there in the teams and they're talking it's, it's a win-win for if, if i think it, if it could be marketed like that and, and people could use it like that then i think it could be can you imagine having like you could you could easily have 20 really really good quality riders in there was previous mx2 riders previous mxgp riders all riding in like a support class it, that could be pretty cool I think it definitely has legs. Yeah, but this is what I feel like at the moment, everyone sat down and watched it at Latvia, myself included, because I was interested to see what it was going to be because we didn't know at that point. And I feel like a lot of people were just like, well, I don't get it. So I feel like we need to do a better job of A, giving it its identity and then communicating that with fans. Yeah. Yeah, and we all know that if it's like like we were we discussed, if it was a, a British round, then you'd have the Jamie Law, you'd have uh, you know, Stuart Edmonds, you'd have a lot of the 450 riders what compete in the British Championship. They would be, you know, you'd fill the class up easily. Uh, and maybe some French riders and, and, and Dutch and, and, and Belgian riders as well. So you'd have a, a solid, solid class. I think Latvia was just a little bit, it was a step too far for some people. Well, no, this is what we were saying. It, to us, 
to us, the, the class in Latvia doesn't seem like that big a deal because we don't recognise the names. But to fans in the Baltics, that was, to them, that was probably a really relatable class and they had lots of different stories to follow. It's just, yeah, because, absolutely. it's just because over on this side of Europe, we're out of touch with what's going on in the Baltics. That's the only reason. Like, so you can't, you can't start putting that into it because to the Baltic, the Baltic fans aren't going to understand the riders when it gets to Britain or Belgium. So it's, it's different markets. Yeah. And, yeah, and, and I guess there's the, the riders which... There's the, there's the level of rider which is probably great at their national series and, you know, they run, they run well. Maybe they don't run top 10, but they, they run where they are. But I'm, I'm, I'm more interested in that 450 class becoming the, the class where if you, if, you, if you don't get that ride in MXGP or if you're coming up from MX2, um, then the 450 is an option. And I think that could turn into a quite a spectacular class if it had the level of riders like we've seen the last couple of years missing out on rides. Yeah. Cool. Alex Panda, is there a Lewis versus James race showdown coming up that we can get behind? If so, who is Lewis riding for as James is going to be Team Green? Meh. We need to make this happen. It, no. we, we need to make this happen. I can't be asked. But I don't think it's just me and you. I think we just we get everybody. We get everybody from MX Vice. Brilliant. It'll be fun. We're gonna have a, I reckon we should just have a ride day. An MX Vice ride day. It'll be great. Meh. Let's do it. I'm gonna book it. I've got the bikes. I'll bring the gear. It's all good. I just no. Not for I me. I even know a good videographer. Not for me. We're gonna make we're gonna make this happen. Whether Lewis likes it or not, we're we're gonna make this happen. This is happening. I've, I've, I've done that part of my life. Not very well, though. Oh, yeah. Okay, I'm just going to do it so much better this time. Oh, yeah, you are. You are. You're going to get that fire back in your belly. You're going to love... This is, this, is a good, this is a good place for you to be. As the owner of MX Vice, would you not be concerned that I would go ride and get the fire back in my belly, as you say, and then be trying to not go to GPs because I want to ride myself? No, I don't think there's any chance of that. I think even if you went out and run a local race and you were a hero for a day, you'd still go to a GP the next day. I don't know. Nah, I think I'm right. Yeah, I think I'm right. Um, but yeah, it's definitely happening. We're going to make it happen. Uh, what bike are you going to ride, Lewis? I don't care. As long as it's got an electric start, I just need an electric okay. start. That's all I care about. Give me an electric start. I'm happy. So it's Probably going to be a KTM or or who's far enough. I don't care. Um, or you could always. You, uh, do you know what? I'll let you ride the 2021 Kawasaki and I'll ride the 2020 Kawasaki. I, How about that? We can both be Team Green for a day. I don't want to. I don't want anything to do with you and your team. Okay, I'll I'll, I'll take the older bike. I'll even kickstart my own bike. The team that the team that backs you is not a team I want to be a part of. Clearly, they don't know what they're doing. I mean, love Kawasaki. Thanks for sponsoring the podcast, but. Wow, what a dick. What a dick. We are having fun. Are you having fun? I'm having no, fun. No, we're not. Right, let's quickly move on. Dick. Would you like to do an advert? Because I'm currently waiting for an advert. Is that kind of, is, that, is it number one or number two? You quite uh, Just need an advert. Okay. 
but part two was brought to you. <laughs> it's just the next, I, I can see the next question and it could be a long one, so. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thanks for listening. Uh, that was brought to you by Fly Racing, Liat, Planet Motor Holidays, Yoko Europe, Props Racing Parts, Technical Touch, Hinson, KYB, Seven, Even Strokes, Kawasaki UK, and Talon Engineering. We're going to let Lewis go for a piss, and we'll be back in five. You are listening to the MX Vice Show. Talon wheels have been iconic in the industry for over 30 years. Designed, built, and manufactured in the UK. Talon wheels, sprockets, and footrests, and clutch baskets are used by professional riders like Jason Anderson, Zach Osborne, and Sean Simpson. Head over to www.talon-eng.co.uk for more info. Even Strokes is the newest e-commerce store in motocross. Built by motocross enthusiasts, Even Strokes understands your need and offers all of the products you need for a weekend at the track. Shop now for Yoko, Alpine Stars, Fast House, and more at evenstrokes.com. Liat, protecting riders from head to toe. Check out liat.com for more. Technical Touch have been supplying KYB OEM spare parts and factory kit suspension in Europe for decades. Many of the riders you see on track in the FIM Motocross World Championship are using KYB suspension from Technical Touch. Whether you are looking for factory kit suspension or KYB spare parts and oils, they have you covered. Shop now at www.technical-touch.com. Yoko have returned to top flight motocross with a bang. The Yoko Vili collection is made with racing in mind and designed to be the lightest and most flexible motocross gear on the market. Go to yokoeurope.com to locate your nearest dealer or shop online. Hinson is the world-leading manufacturer of clutch baskets, clutch covers, clutch discs, and springs for both dirt bikes and quads. Hinson products are used by many leading riders like HRC Honda, Monster Energy Kawasaki, KTM Factory Racing, and Monster Energy Yamaha Factory Racing. Shop for Hinson products at technical-touch.com. The MX Vice Show. Welcome back to part three of the MX Vice podcast show, brought to you by Fly Racing, Liat, Planet Motor Holidays, Yoko Europe, Prox Racing Parts, Technical Touch, Hinson, KYB, Seven, Even Strokes, Kawasaki UK, and of course, Talon Engineering. Fly Racing has redefined expectations in safety and performance with the Formula Helmet. Tested on the most advanced equipment in the world, the Formula Helmet's overall performance is best in class in both high-velocity crashes as well as rotational and low-speed impacts. Featuring rayon technology, conehead EPS, and a 12K carbon shell, the Formula's Advanced Impact System, AIS, introduced a new approach to both protection and weight reduction. Weighing only 1,290 grams, we believe the Formula to be the perfect combination of industry-leading innovation and ultra-lightweight design. Simply put, the Formula helmet has changed the game. If you didn't know, now you know, we are back with Leah Ask Vice Anything. The questions uh, this week we've brought forward a little bit because um, we felt they were a little bit rushed and we felt we needed a bit more time to talk through them. Uh, we do appreciate this. And obviously, we are going to give out a couple of T-shirts. And on that note, Lewis, we have got a, an absolutely fantastic question this week from Chris Matthews. If Lewis and James were married, who would wear the trousers and what color dress would Lewis have? And that 
is Planet Moto bombshell of the week, Lewis. We have found out that you wear a dress. All the factory teams head to Spain for riding, where the weather and conditions are perfect. You can too. Planet Moto holidays provide accommodation, meals, transport, and more. An eight-day holiday costs just £845. Visit planetmoto.com to find out more and book one of the available slots in October to November. There are still four slots available from the 12th to the 19th. So, Lewis, what dress? What kind of dress would you wear? The fact that you go out of your... First of all, first of all, this, the problems here are twofold. Problem okay. one... Can you wrap this up in a minute segment? Because yeah. we, we don't need this to play out for too long. Okay. Problem one... You literally will do zero prep for this show. I have to write your introduction. I have to make notes for you uh, and all of that. However, you'll go out of your way not to do prep for the show, but to add that question in, first of all. Uh, problem one. And second of all, second problem is the fact that you think people want to hear questions like that 43 shows in maybe tells us why maybe this hosting job of yours isn't going quite as well as a lot of us would have hoped. Well, I'm just trying to get out of this job. So if you can speed that up, then you wouldn't have to hear about you wearing a dress. And anymore. you're doing this show because there's just no one else around. There's just no one. There's literally just no one else around. Well, well, Paul Malin did say that he'd, he'd, he'd be up for the show. Oh. I don't know logistically whether that would work for you. Oh. Would that be, would that be okay? Would that be a better host for you? It could be the Paul and Lewis show. <laughs> oh. Or Lewis and Paul. Oh. Yeah? Okay. There we go. So a little bit of food for thought. Okay, if you don't like that question, I'll go on to another one. Okay. Bill G. Max, do you, come back to MXGP with... Do you not like PWAS0706? If I want to... I can go in whatever order I want to go in. But the fact is, you're actually I just like missing questions. It's just, this is what you like. You're not even hosting this segment. <laughs> I put, but I, and it's like, I've got to be in control. I've got to be in control. It's got to be done my way. Well, no, you're just missing questions. The poor guy. I thought his question was quite good. Well, I was going to go back to it, but I can just pick and choose as I feel. This is a recipe for disaster if you're just going to randomly try and pick questions out whilst also trying to remember which ones you haven't read and making sure you don't read the same ones twice. Well, the interesting thing is I'm having to do this because there are some great questions that you've missed out on social media. Okay, anyway, continue. Okay. Uh, where, where, where would I continue, Lewis? You tell me. Well, I think P... P well, P... Okay, right. Sorry, let's, let's just... I'll just do whatever you say, Lewis. At PWAS 0706, have you heard that Lewis is a complete and utter bellend? Um, the reason I... Yes, yes, we have heard that. Thank you, PWAS. I... Uh, for confirming, Lewis is a complete and utter bellend. I was pointing this out because you can't read, you were starting to read Phil G's question, but I put Phil G's question behind or below P. Waz's question because you, the kind of P. Waz's question has to come first because they kind of are linked. Yep. Probably would have just be better to just choose one question then, seeing so they're both pretty much the same. <sighs> Sorry, James. I'm so sorry. who's the bell end now? Well, Lewis, no. say I'm a bell end. Well, no, they're slightly different. Also, I'm... All right, okay, okay. Let, let's let's <laughs> let the, the, the people decide whether these questions, right? So let's see the difference between these questions. At PWAS0706, have you heard anything about Suzuki coming back to the GPs with a new bike in 2021? 
Then Phil G has sent a question with Max come back to MXGP with Suzuki for 2021. Now they can come back without Everett's Stroibos run team. Yeah. Um, Basically, the same <laughs> fucking question, Lewis. Because question two has a bit more detail about the Suzuki situation. Fucking hell. It's like, uh, don't, everybody, don't bother with questions anymore because Lewis is going to pick whatever fits into Lewis's fucking life. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Bombshell, planet metal, bombshell of the week. Lewis is again a complete and utter bell end. Well, the, right. the good news is... Answer, uh, about, answer one of them, for fuck's sake. Well, just answer one. The good news is this is the most you've said on the podcast in quite a while. So thanks for contributing, first of all. <laughs> um, okay, as soon as James read out First of all, thank you to Phil G and P. Waz for the questions They were, they were both That's your alter ego, isn't it? They were, your alter egos They were both good enough in their own merit to make them in So first of all, P. Waz's question uh, Solely about Suzuki coming back to GPs with a new bike in 2021 2021 was always the set date, because that's when it's thought that contractually they are able to come back to MXGP with a new team. So in 2018, uh, 2019, uh, that was always the date that was set. However, now, and obviously at that point, it seems so far in the future that it was like, well, that maybe will work. We're now three months away from 2021, and I've heard absolutely nothing. So... I would be surprised now to hear that Suzuki's coming back next year. I'd actually bet all my money on it being no. Moving to Phil G's part of the question, Max coming back to NXGP with Suzuki for 2021. Uh, there won't be a Suzuki team, in my opinion. So, no. However, I'd be interested to know, in Suzuki's difficult points at the moment, if they watch, like, Alex Martin Winamoto, first one for Suzuki's RMZ250 in America for 4,047 days, by the way. I'd be interested to know if they watch Alex Martin Winamoto and they watch Max Winamoto, and they're in their minds, they're almost like, well, we need to look after those guys because they're doing something for our manufacturer at arguably our lowest point. Like, I wonder if this actually deeply means something to them. And second part of Phil G's question about Strivals Run Team. I think. Strivals would be open to having to playing a role in Suzuki's return to MXGP one day. And actually, Strivals managing that effort would be very, very, very good, I think. I think that that is also the most likely scenario in which Suzuki return because Strivals at least has the framework of a Suzuki team. Whereas, obviously, without the Strivals framework, their only other option would be to return to MXGP with effectively starting from scratch, which would be bloody difficult because you literally have nothing. As far as I know, Suzuki have no resources in Europe to start an MXGP team now. So the little that Strybos does have with, with his privateer effort is at least something. But in my opinion, it won't happen next year. You don't think nothing like late in the day that that, that could happen? I don't know, it's September, pretty much. Do you not think we would have heard something? And also. Suzuki in their current situation, I would think that COVID would kind of be the thing that would frighten them off, even if they were planning on it. Equally, yeah, though, I think because um, we've talked about it, how every, I think everyone's heard that Suzuki Japan has got a new manager. Yep, new president. I don't know, president of racing or some, something along those lines. Either way, new president of some description. 
who is really into racing, which would work in America to, for them to have more support for next year because as I kind of hinted at there, the framework's there. It's more the case of just putting more support in. Whereas for them to come back to an XGP is going to take some serious planning. Like, I can't even... Can you imagine what would go into Suzuki coming back to MXGP when they currently have nothing? They haven't even got a starting point. They haven't even, like, there's not one piece of that puzzle that's even in place. So I'd imagine that if they even were thinking about it at this point, it would be a year-long process to come back. They don't, like, they don't have a truck. They don't have anything. I, yeah, but saying that, I understand what you're saying, but there's no reason why... Um... You know, if, if, if Kevin Strybos wanted to do it or didn't want to do it, even if you take that option away, there's no reason why they can't go to somebody like Jackie Martins, who's already got the infrastructure, who's already got... And basically then give Jackie Martins a budget to run Suzuki. Yeah, but would... If you're Suzuki and you're actually like... If you're, if you're sat there... If you're Suzuki and you're going, okay, let's do something, then that works. Because, yeah, let's just give them bikes and then we're doing something. If you're Suzuki and you're sat there and you're going, right, this is, we need to make a big push from this point on. It needs to be done right. Our brand's reputation relies on this. this is, like, we can't screw this up. Then I would think that just giving a current thing bikes and being like, yeah, crack on, wouldn't do the job. But like, I'd imagine that, that that would be too much of a... What do you call it? Too much of a slapdash situation what? for them to have confidence in it. Have you got the Suzuki mechanics in the background there with you? Um, hello? Hello? Why, 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 why did you just randomly say hello? Because I, I was wondering who you had in the room with you, because it sounded like you were tightening up some screws or something. Are you working on a bike at the moment? Are you in the garage? Well, fun fact, I am the new Suzuki racing manager. That's a plot, uh, that's a plot okay. twist for you, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I was just wondering what that was, or... Is it is it is it a metal flashlight or something? No, it's fine. We're all, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. What, what are you up to? Nothing. What are you up to? Okay, just sounds like you're. Do doing you not something. agree? Like giving okay, giving bikes to a team is a solution. Yes, but it's just too. I feel like just going yeah here, Jack and Martin, take some bikes is too slapdash. However, equally, that has just reminded me. We found out or everyone found out early 2019 that Jackie was out at Husqvarna. And at that point, there were rumours that he would take over Suzuki. So maybe those... Oh, there was huge rumours. Yeah, maybe those rumours actually had something to them. And at, one, at some point, that will happen. Maybe this is all still going on in the background as discussions and they're just waiting to pull the pin. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? I, I think the, the questions are with Suzuki, at what level do they want to come back? And, and also... At what level do they want to do they want to operate at within within racing? But also, what investment in the bikes and the technology are they going to put in? Are they are they is it just going to be rebadged graphics for the next three years, or are they actually looking at um, updating the Suzuki bikes? Because one obviously one is is kind of like comes with the other. If if they're developing a new bike, which is going to take uh, Suzuki forward then they're going to need people to race and ride it and um, to market it. And that's the reason why you, that, that investment then translates into where you're pushing in uh, a racing level. So I, I, think, I think the time that we start to see Suzuki developing a new bike, I think is the time that you start to see them making a step back into MXGP. 
and 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 racing completely. But then, this, uh, well, sorry, stepping back in, but stepping up a level. But this is where I equally think Suzuki are kind of screwed because Max and Alex Martin have proven that their bikes are good enough. I would say clearly the bikes aren't a TM. Like they clearly they are good enough to race and be on competitively. Bit harsh on TM. So even well, TM aren't even around anymore. So even if. Suzuki came back to MXGP with the most amazing team, the most amazing presence. TM bikes are okay. around. You can go and buy a TM yeah, motocross I'm, I'm bike. I'm more meant in MXGP. Yeah, I'm more meant in MXGP. But anyway, if Suzuki says, leave TM alone, what they've done to you? Okay. Uh, I've lost my train of thought. I'd like to welcome TM as a new sponsor of the MX Vice podcast. Well, clearly, they need it because I've just said, like, they need some, they also need some positive rep. No, as I was saying, Suzuki could come back with the most amazing setup, the most amazing team, good riders, like a proper good job of it. And I feel like if their bikes were the same, people would be like, oh, yeah, but look at the bikes. But clearly, the bikes can be competitive. So clearly, that isn't, it's not like they can't come back with their current bike. Equally, actually, I wanted to say on this point, this is why I put this question in twice, because on the Everts point, had the Everts fallout never happened, then I would kind of confidently say Suzuki would have never left MXGP. Wouldn't you? Yeah. Yeah, and so that has all... And almost, if they were still in MXGP, then I almost feel like their whole brand reputation wouldn't be in the position it is now. And another, no. another point to add is uh, 2019, I think it was last year. Uh, uh, hold on, hold on. Saying that, though... If Suzuki had not really taken the bikes forward for the past three years, their reputation would be, in a way, still tarnished. Even, okay, they haven't got the MXG. The MXGT, MXGP team was a big blow for people within the motocross world in Europe. However, if the bike had not sort of progressed over the last three or four years, when, was, when did um, Everett's finish? The, was it 18? 17. 17. 17. So if, if the bike had not literally advanced over three years and it was the same bike with different graphics, they would be getting some shit for that as well. But is it... The fact that, the fact that they're not doing an MXGP team okay. and nothing's really been said or, or, or spoken about. Equally, that new 450 that Everts was riding or Everts team was riding in 2017 and became what? Would that, did that become the production bike in... 18? I think it I think they were a year ahead when they were Suzuki MXGP. So that was a big that was a push forward. Okay, the new Suzuki still kind of ranked quite low in um shootouts and everything, but Suzuki at least put effort into that 450. And that was only 2017. So and brand manufacturers typically work in three to four year cycles when they release all new machines. So had Suzuki continued to use that bike in MXGP in 18, 19, 20 and then come out with a new bike in 2021 or 2022, I don't think that would be that much of a raised eyebrow because that's kind of the schedule that every brand's on. Now, okay, admittedly, that radically new Suzuki in 1817-18 wasn't as radically new as the changes that KTM make or Yamaha make or that new Honda, but it was still at least something that they seemed happy to hang their hats on. Like, it's not like... Go on. Interesting you say that, but I know of a manufacturer that's testing 2023 bikes at the moment. 
okay. But what? So yeah, that gives you an idea that? that there's there's many there's I'm just saying that there's manufacturers out there. We're in 2020 now, and they're testing the 2023 bikes. Yeah, that, that's the same with every manufacturer. But that's that's a moot point. Suzuki could be doing the same. Suzuki could have something big come. They could, they could be. Suzuki could have something bit like I say. Suzuki aren't that far off of the current, the typical cycle of new, all new generation bike every three to four years. So they, maybe they have got something coming, and because there's no MXGP team and a lackluster effort in America, that we there hasn't been that much buzz about it. Like you never. What I'm saying is they're not. I think that the fact they don't have an MXGP team makes everyone go, "Oh my god, look, they don't even have an MXGP team. They don't care." Oh my god, this isn't like they don't have an MXGP team. How long until they don't have an American team? Oh my god! But remove that from the equation. That 450 was all new not too long ago. That's what, this is what I'm, what I'm. I guess what I'm saying is Suzuki's situation. They're not that far behind. It's we think they're really far behind. It's potentially but... easily salvageable. Yeah, at the moment. Yeah, and that, James, is why I put those two questions in because there was a lot to unpack there. I've got to be honest, I, that's 20 minutes of my life I'm never going to get back. Sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. Is this podcast a conv- an inconvenience to you? <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> God, you're taking... You're, you're, is, is it the time of the month for you? This Am I allowed to say that? I was joking. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that. You're very confused about what you're allowed to say now, aren't you? <laughs> I, I know. Honestly, what, what world we live in where we can't say anything. Okay, so... Now, if I, I will go down to the next question, if that's okay, Lewis. Yeah, that's, that I think okay we're done with Suzuki there. I think we are. At Chris United 93, if Koldenoff is to move to factory Yamaha, where do Gas Gas turn to? Ferrandis, Jonas, or a return for Anstey? On the MX2 front, do Yamaha sign Renault to their factory squad to replace Watson or promote... Uh, what did you call him last week? T-Bow. T-Bow. No, no. Also, you keep saying I said T-Bow. I said T-Bow. <laughs> bow, like arrow bow. Bow and arrow. Also, also, do Husky promote DeWolf this season? Questions, questions, questions for you, Lewis. <laughs> right. First, qu- there was questions within a question. Um, so first, Koldenoff. If I was a betting man... Yeah. And after... I think... And it seems crazy because, as I've said, that standing construct fit for Koldenoff seems to be the best fit you can possibly get. Like, bike and yep. team seem to work perfectly together. I don't know. This, there was a lot of Yamaha talk in Latvia. And I kind of, where there's smoke, there's fire. But also, I, I would still be surprised to see him go there just because that, the standing construct team maybe doesn't get enough credit. It is one. I think we've done, we've done the Planet Motor Bombshell, haven't we? Okay, this is your new. This is your second Planet Motor Bombshell of the week. If I was a rider going into MXGP and I couldn't get on Red Bull KTM, I think my second team of choice would be Standing Construct Gas Gas. Are you trying to build bridges? No, genuinely, because it's at the end of the day, it's. It's a factory team. I don't think it get, I think people kind of don't give it enough credit for being gas no. gas factory racing. But also, if if I don't want to say too much because I'm gonna team standing gas 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 over here and the Coldenhoff bus is full up. Okay, 
You can't just willy-nilly. Okay, I'm not. Uh, uh, okay. Come and go as and when you want. All right. If you think, of, just okay. so you know. Brilliant. Okay. Listen to what if you you know. This is the positive side. Okay. Brilliant. I've also never said anything bad about standing construct in my life. But if you if you think about it, think think about what you know about some of the issues other factory teams have run into with riders, and then think about the fact that no one has ever actually left standing construct without a, with a bad word to say. That's what I'm thinking. Also, that gas gas is essentially a KTM. What, like, survey, you can't get a Red Bull KTM. That is still a good alternative. I, yeah. I want to explain my answer to this to you after the podcast because you will go, oh, that's actually a very good point. I was randomly thinking this the other day. But anyway. That- no, you had me. You had me at the, the fact that it's a, a factory bike developed by KTM. Uh, yeah, but also. It's a gas gas, but it's a factory K- 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 KTM at, yeah. at the moment. And, but anyway. Yeah, so potentially I do think Coldenoff ends up at Yamaha. I'd be I'm one thing I'm interested to know now is whether Yamaha continues to run three riders or they go back down to two. Because Yamaha running a third rider kind of opens up silly season a lot more. Because say they sign Coldenoff, but they're only running two riders, that's both Paul Ann and Thomas without a ride. And then suddenly that's like that kind of puts an extra microscope on how many rides riders there are without rides for next year so if they do do two rides that and they've, they they do go with um sewer and coldenhoff they've actually got two riders who rarely miss gps well yeah that's um, and that's actually a very good point and are very oh consistent God. you didn't get it last week james congratulations you have just got your very first even strokes gold star yes Actually, I don't care about fucking gold star. Keep, as, as I said, you can put the gold star at your brain. For the first time, for the first time, you just I excited and realised that it's just patronising. For the very first time, you've just said something where I've just gone. That's a very good point because Yamaha have actually struggled with injuries. Quite like Fevra was injured a lot. They have actually Yamaha as a factory team have had their fair share of injuries and missed races over the years. So having both Coldenoff and Sewer would. A very consistent team. Also, Coldenoff and Sura are kind of, I feel like they're kind of the same person. Well, they're not. They're two different okay, people. Brilliant. One is from Switzerland. But as far as as far as characteristics go, do you not think they're quite I'd say they're no, quite they, no, they don't they don't look each oh my God. if you think about it. Brilliant. Okay. What? No, but if you think about like if I said to you who is the number one rider on a team with Coldenoff and Sewer. They're both so similar that I genuinely would struggle to make a case. Because to me... It kind of wouldn't be a, a first... Yeah, there would be no team orders. They're both... But not team orders, but you know, you look at Yamaha now, Sue is clearly the number one rider. You look at Gas Gas now, Coldwell's clearly number one rider. You look at Cal, okay, Kawasaki's maybe similar. Until before Fevra had actually raced in Latvia, you could have argued over a DeSalle and Fevra. Husky's actually similar as well, mate. There's actually quite a few teams like that. Anyway, so second part of the question, who do, if, if Coldenoff does go Yamaha, then I would bet every single penny I have on Jonas going to Gas Gas. Every single penny I have. I'd even bet every single penny you have. Okay. And the funny thing is, that's the one thing that I... You think that... Sorry. So you, th- you think that Jonas to, to Gas Gas, you think that is pretty much going to be bang on. No, he's, going to, he's going to be there. I, I don't think that the Coldenoff to Yamaha... I don't think Coldenoff's path for next year is done and I heard a lot of rumours 
in Latvia, but the whole Jonas de Gascas thing was something no one ever mentioned to me. But in my head, that makes so much sense. And also, Jonas on Gascas might already be the deep sleeper for 2021. But imagine how good Anstey would be there as well now. Well, as I said, an insert... You've got, you, you got, you got to think that... Any rider on, like, that's a bike that everyone would want to get on, which is mental. If you, if you think what we're saying is every single rider would love to be on a gas gas. Yeah. Who would have thought? I, I, I kind of... Yeah, I, I kind of think that you... I know what you're saying about Jonas, because it obviously it makes sense. But at the same time, given the relationship that Tim and Max had, and obviously Tim was gutted that that Max had to go and and stuff like that, it what a reunion that would be if that could happen. Chris United listed Ferrandis Jonas or a return for Anstey. Ferrandis by all Ferrandis is in America. Yeah, by all by all accounts, Ferrandis is um going to be on a Yamaha 450 next year. I think Gas Gas America. Yeah which is going to be happening in 2021, tried to make a run at Ferrandis, but he ultimately, by the sounds of it, assigned with Yamaha. So I feel, have I done, have we done enough on the cold North Yamaha gas gas circle? Feel like we have? I think so. Oh, what? Okay. Uh, on, on the news of gas gas uh, US, is there a team that's going to swap manufacturers to go gas gas? Or is it going to be a KTM team that's going to be upgraded to gas gas? Well, all rumours sound like it's going to be TLD, but who knows? Nothing's. I'm not over in America, unfortunately, so I won't comment too much, but okay. that's the gist I'm getting from people. But I was going... Oh, another interesting one where gas gas is concerned. At the start of the year, I would have bet a million pounds that Cold North wouldn't go anywhere um, because, like I say, perfect fit. Those two is just the most perfect fit, blah, blah, blah. Yep. Monticelli's contract's up as well. If Koldnoff moves on, does Mon- is Monticelli going to move on as well? And could Gas Gas potentially have two seats? Or does Monticelli stay? That's a good point. So Anstey and Jonas team. Okay, just very much. That's a good team. Make some conclusions there. But the f- Monticelli had done absolutely nothing this year, but he was good in Latvia. Better than maybe anyone would have thought. So does, is that enough for him to stay on a factory team for another year? Well, actually, interesting point on that. Let me just pull up a spreadsheet quickly. So I, work, I worked out the Latvia triple header result. I knew that was coming. Yep. Monticelli was 14th overall in the Latvian triple header, which doesn't sound all that impressive, but he scored zero points at the first one. And if you were... Yeah, you're right. It doesn't sound impressive. Yeah, but he scored zero points at the first one. It doesn't matter. It still doesn't sound impressive. But if you if you work, okay, so his average across the next two rounds was twenty two. Give him twenty two points there. Uh, t- 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 puts him tenth in the Latvian triple header. Yes. Yeah. I, at the end of the day, he didn't do it though. Did he? Oh, he got nil okay. points. Sorry, I'm trying so... to be a nice guy. But I, the point. No, I'm just. I guess the un- you can just. It's like that's. You could just say that to anybody, couldn't you? If they didn't have that, then they'd be. But I guess the underlying point here is do we not always not expect much from Monticelli? Um, so does he not always over-deliver? I think he's definitely over, over-delivered in a way because when you think about um, him on an MX2 bike and now going to 450 and some of the results he's playing, he's definitely... You, you, you wouldn't, you, it wouldn't be a shock if, if, 
if Monticelli was on the team for 2021. It wouldn't be a shock. Um, but it, you know, I, I don't think, I don't think he's there through 100 percent through the merit of his riding there. Yeah, but could he be now? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I, I think now he could. It, the way that he's progressed over the last couple of years and the way, you know, when I've been to GPs and watched him and everything else and yeah, I, I think yeah, that's what I said. It wouldn't be a surprise. So of course, yeah, of course. It wouldn't be a surprise if he got 2021 gas gas on his own, on his own merit. But then again, it wouldn't be a surprise if, if there was a change of seats. On that, well, this is the thing. There's going to be so many riders available that, okay, arguably, if, if, Mont- if gas gas chose to move on from Monticelli, they could get a better rider. However, I don't, as far as bang for your buck goes, I would imagine Monticelli is pretty good. Because... But then, what, if, so, so okay, but then you start to look at the other riders and the other riders available are people like, well, we just spoke about two at um, Wilvo. Yeah, but exa- uh, exactly, the, and, the money that you'd spend, Paul the money that you'd spend on Paul Ann for what, potentially six positions higher up? Is it not better bang for your buck to have Monticelli? No, well, it, it depends on what you um, like. Let's let's face it. Let's get back to if you if you if let's all, all results aside in, in about value and stuff like that. If you went to sponsors and brands and said you have Paul Ann or you have Monticelli, who's going to give you more money? But alternative, yeah. But this is the thing. Where are you going to get more if, support? If You're going to get more has, support if if Gas Gas has cold enough in their number one spot or Jonas in their numbers one spot, this, that is their lead guy. So they're not going to be going to teams to go and we've got Monticelli. They'll be going to go teams to go and we've got Coldenoff or we've got Jonas yeah. or whoever else is in that number one seat. Yeah, but you have to, you have to remember that it's, if a team's stronger because it's got two, two good riders, like, the, like what you're saying for Wilvo for 2021, what happens if that number one rider and you're solely reliant on, on Monticelli? Yeah, but that's always, that's always, you're always flying by the seat in your pants. Whatever no, I'm just saying that, I'm just saying that brands would probably find extra resources to have to, to and also then you start, got to start to look at things like social media and about what those riders can bring, what value to the uh, team and the brands yeah, as well. Yeah, okay. That's, that's too deep. Oh, well, you, you asked. Should we move on to part two of that question? Because we spent a long time on the part one. Uh, what was Jesus it? Christ, we're still on the same question. On the MX2 front, do Yamaha sign Renault to their factory squad or replace Watson with Tebow? I would say... Yeah, sign him. Sign him. Who? Tebow? No, Renault. Well, I always thought, like, doing the math last year and everything, I always presumed that the obvious thing... Maths. Doing the maths. I, I always presumed that the obvious thing would be to replace Watson... Now he's obviously got to move up with the under twenty three thing with Renault. I always like that. Obviously, yeah. always seemed like the obvious move. However, Tebow is maybe the better route now because you've got Gertz. Gertz is nah. your Gertz is your title guy, your, your number one guy, your big guy. So would it not make sense to just develop Tebow? Also, no. Tebow is already in that Yamaha family. Like Hutton Metal is the official EMX 250 team. Kimia is the official yep. MX2 team. So it makes yep. sense to keep Tebow on that progression through the Yamaha family. Also, the ties there with Monster and stuff. Whereas Renault is pop. Okay, uh, SM Action is a 
like a properly Yamaha support satellite team. But would it not make more sense to keep Tebow as part of the Yamaha? I would put, personally, I, right now, after Latvia, if Tebow's going up, because this is only his first year in the MX250, so potentially they will want to, Yamaha will want to keep him down for another year to like let him grow and everything. But if the conversation is about, okay, Tebow's going MX2, I would bet that he gets a factory ride. Okay. Well, it, it, again, it would be logical, but I would, I would hedge my bets on Renault. Also, my opinion may or may not be uh, influenced by the fact that, as I've mentioned many times, is Renault not just the most invisible rider in the world? That's your opinion, Lewis. Yeah, but I, I had it. No, but... If, if you want to have another person thinking you're very negative no, in the pits, that's up to you. That's not a bad thing. I'm not saying it in a bad way, but I just feel like he's very underrated. And like, like I say, if I. I'm not going to say that. Next week's podcast, there will be <laughs> next week's podcast. There will be something that happens that proves whether my point is correct or not. Okay. Um, also, last point because we need to move on from this question because we spent a lot of time. Um, good questions get good answers. Um, Husky are entertaining the possibility of moving up to Wolf. Basically, before COVID, the whole plan was let's see how EMX two fifty goes and see if see if he's ready. So, I don't know. I don't know. I haven't heard anything since then. So, make your own base your own opinions off of how he's done in the MX250. But also, obviously, Olsen's out uh, under 23 rule again, again. Beaton's got another year on his contract. If Husky say, okay, DeWolf's going to stay down for another year, then who the hell does Husky get as a second MX2 rider? It might just be worth EMX250 results or not, it might be worth just bumping DeWolf up and letting him take his lumps and bumps in the first year and just helping grow, like helping continue growing rather than just pulling someone else in. Because realistically, I don't know who they could get for MX2 that would work out better than DeWolf in the long run. Uh, okay, so yeah, good point. Where, where is the next um, Who's Far and a Rider coming up to replace uh, K. DeWolf? Well, DeWolf's like 14 or 15. Jesus Christ. How old did you think he was? Is he that young? Yeah, how old did you think he was? I thought he was 16. Well, that's not that big a difference. I thought... No, I'm pretty sure he's 15. Well, four, 14 and, and 16 is a, is a huge difference. Uh, yeah, he's 15 at the moment. I'm just trying to figure out when his birthday is exactly, because I believe he might just be 15. Wow, okay. So he's, he's, he's got plenty of yeah. time. So what do you want? How, uh, Husqvarna to have a nine-year-old ready to take his spot? No, that's just ridiculous. Exactly. 2000, Let's move on. September 2004, he was born. So what, okay. would that make him late 15 or early 15? He's late 15 because he's, his birthday's coming up. Hmm. 2004, yeah, he'd be 16. But, which is still, like, he could, that doesn't mean he has to be rushed into MX2. He could quite happily take a year to continue learning the MX250. It's not a rush for Okay. You're so at the point where you're ready to end this, aren't you? I can, I can, I can so tell in your demeanor when I, you're I, ready I just, to end. I, I, just need, I just need to get back to work, Lewis. You just keep going on and on and well, on. What it's like, what this is a podcast show. This is not us chatting in a car, analyzing the nth degree. People are probably just like, fucking hell, this is going on. People I love just, City Season. Do you know what? Chris United is never going to send in another question. He was like, fucking hell, I thought this was going to be like a two-minute, two you know, just get, get a question. 
I didn't realize I had to literally have a fag, have a wank, and then come back and it's still going on about the goddamn question. Just FYI, to add on to that, uh, Kader Wolf is 15 years, 11 months, and five days old. Alternatively, no one, honestly, no one gives a fuck, Lewis. <laughs> that is five at bar, <laughs> at bar 411 underscore. If Lewis had to switch places, one media guy from the US, who would he pick? Is Anton the obvious choice? you would have to work with that publisher too. Well, now here's a question that we can talk about for 20 minutes. <laughs> um, <laughs> do you want me to be quick? I'll be quick. Yeah. Uh, well, um, you... Stars, and Stripes, yeah. Stars and Stripes Forever, America Rules, I Love Racer X. Yeah, so uh, if people didn't know, uh, there was, uh, Lewis came, Lewis actually got offered. I don't want to talk about that. I don't want to talk about that. It makes me emotional. I don't talk about that. Okay. So um, we just shut the fuck up then and I can talk. Um, Lewis, got offered, <laughs> Lewis got offered a racer X job, I think, in two, end of 2018. Uh, and unfortunately, he stayed on MX Vice. And um, it wasn't, the, but at it, that was, point, it was a very, it, it came at the worst, at a very bad time for me. So, um, and uh, he, so Lewis would have been out there riding horses in, where, where was it? Virginia? West Virginia. What a, it's got a Chipotle. West Virginia. I looked on Google. Yeah, Maps. so um, <laughs> Lewis, let's just say Lewis was very, very close. I didn't stand in his way. He, he was f- absolutely free to do whatever um, he wanted. Although you did. <laughs> I tried to say that because it could get you in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you did tell me. I did ask. The, the thing that you referred to earlier in the show, when you said that you were very unhappy, I did say to you, do you think you could up end up very unhappy? in your current position and you told me honestly mate I can't say anything bad because I think this could be incredible <laughs> yeah and uh, how how wrong I so was so leading me down my goddamn path yeah no, so it- if Racer X are listening um, Lewis is very open to uh, that job offer again I will take the offer of £10 of what? So for ten pounds, you go to Racer X. Monthly payment of ten pounds, fourteen dollars. Yeah, so that easy. That's, en- that's enough for a Chipotle. Yeah. So um, yeah, if Racer X are listening here, please send through another offer, and we can get that fucker off of this podcast show, and we can close this podcast. <laughs> can show you well. imagine if I left this podcast? Would just be you going? Um, we don't have much to talk about this week. Um, Oh, 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 shit. Oh, no, I can't. No, no, this is what the... Let me finish. This is what the podcast would be. This would be you going, Yeah. Uh, we don't have much to talk about this week. Um, uh, oh, oh, shit. Oh, there was an MXGP round at the weekend. Oh, let me just look. Oh, Herlin's one. Well, that's interesting. That would basically be on the podcast. Now, if, uh, if, if Lewis left MX Vice, uh, we'd become MX Vice videos. And um, it would just be a video site because Sean's awesome. Sean could become editor as well. However, you know, I just uh, love America. I just love America so much. It hurts. I, I also have. I also have in my room. I have, I believe, two hundred Racer X magazines. I can't throw Fantastic. them away. I just love America yeah. and Racer X so much. So, so when you bring women back to the house, you're um, you're all right. You know, you've got, uh, you're you're a solid. Four you know out when. Of uh, look. I am definitely a nine. I've definitely got better of age. The fact that you look at me and think I'm a four uh, 
to be I, I'm way out your league, mate. I'm like Premier <laughs> do, League I in do, your like conference. I didn't mean it like that. No one understands what that means, so, including so me. So when you bring I don't I don't know why you're saying that I'm a four out of ten. Um <laughs> so when you bring a lady back to the Lewis pad, uh and they obviously come into your room, you've got the the Chadry duvet cover. I don't have you've that. Got a Josh Coppins poster. I don't have that. Uh and then you've got your Racer X. Are they do they go straight back out again, or do they, no, they hang around someone, for a little bit? someone comes around, and I go, so, would you like to read Racer X August 2009 or June 2011? And then they go, oh, yeah, uh, they go June 2009, and I go, excellent choice. <laughs> and, uh, and and the, answer, the other answer to it is, yes, we're just waiting for the opportunity to bring Anton over. Uh, to replace Lewis. I like Anton. So, I, um, ev- ev- oh, I just yeah. like everyone in America. I just love America so much. Yeah, Anton's great. So he's got... Uh, yeah, we, we, Lewis is just keeping the, the seat warm for Anton. Oh, I, just love Amer- I, just love so, every- I just love everything in America so much. The people, the Supercross, everything. Yeah. And I've, the annoying thing is... Okay, just quick note. The annoying thing is oh, I do have a lot I want to talk about you? with like American racing and stuff, and I can't because I'm European. Yeah. That bugs me. Because I have a lot of opinions on Loretta's and that, but I don't want to go too deep because then it's like, oh, you were watching from 10,000 miles away. But it's like, well, I've got a few. Anyway, moving on. Okay. You want to go? Moss 16, any, any plans for MX Vice higher day before the wet weather arrives? We need to make this happen. Why would it? Like, definitely... this, is, this is James's problem. Kieran Moss sends in that question, and then James is going to send me a message in approximately three and a half hours saying, mate, that was a brilliant idea. We need to get on that. And then send me prices for like, oh, oh, there's this track and there's this track and there's this tra-. And it's like, oh my gosh, we're, all, we're off. Yeah, don't worry. I'm going to book it. Okay, um, I won't be there. Steve Dixon. Yeah, we're probably going to run one in Winchester. Oh, that's, that's over an hour from my house. So. Uh, at Dab Onum Folk, do you think European GP riders have a different style in the wet, muddy conditions to make their bike last. Seemed at Loretta's that about 20 bikes in each class gave up and the rider must be at fault for some of those. Do you want to answer this? I felt like I've spoken a lot recently. No, I, I actually was bringing something up about um, Jet Lawrence before uh, and he kind of put his hand up to say that he, um, I think he hit something off the radiator or something which contributed to um, bike failure. So, um, I don't know. I haven't really got an opinion on this. Just... <laughs> you just said, you just said, Jet Lawrence said something about him hitting something off the radiator. <laughs> well, actually, like, what I should have said is Jet Lawrence put his hand up and said, I, I, I didn't help. Okay. To multi- I have thoughts on this. So, GP riders are known for racing and riding in the mud, and they do do that in the week a lot, like, it will rain wherever they are and they'll go out and trudge on in the slop. However, we're on quite, I'm going to 100% jinx it. We are on a pretty good streak of not many mudders in MXGP. Was there even one last year? But genuinely, I can't, Mantova, Mantova was muddy last year. That was it. One mudder in a year, not bad at all. This year, okay, Matterley actually turned out all right. Okay, Volkenswald was a mudder, but actually wasn't even, did it actually rain during... Actually, no, it did, didn't it? There was a lot of goggle changes. Anyway, yeah. also, one thing I kind of thought I noticed at Loretta's without actually being there is the mud looks like Pankow Penang mud as far as just claggy. And I'm... Because Loretta's has got, like, the cream... What are you... 
Are you a fucking mad analyst now? Well, no, it's... You soil, soil examinator. No, that's... Oh, my fucking God. What well, you can you can get that by watching a TV screen, can you? You can you can understand the. What did you get? Soil extract sent from Gaby Coombs. No, fuck my life. No, what I'm saying is like when you have Saint Jean turned to mud, because it's so slick and hard pack, it's very different mud. Whereas Pancal Penang, is it because it's French? <laughs> I actually, I actually, I actually don't want to ask this question anymore. I actually, oh really... my fucking god! I actually, right, let's can we move on? I had a very... Can we move on? I had a proper point to this, but fair enough. Anyone wants that to find out what I was going to say, which I actually have information on, tweet me and we'll discuss. Sorry, Dab on and Folk. Dab on and Folk gets a t-shirt because you've just ruined his question, which was quite good. Well, you and Dab on and Folk can get a little room and talk about soil and, and stuff, all right? It's, Jesus Christ. Weekend Warrior blog. With the De Carli team being based in Italy, does the new calendar favour Prado and Caroli, or is it just a minor convenience in the grand scheme of things? So, is there any added advantage to Prado and Caroli going into this into these nine rounds in Italy? No, I guess the only one advantage you could say is that they don't have to leave the country. Brilliant, at Thomas SB ninety three. One other point to say: <laughs> um, Prado Sorry. has got one has got yeah. a very good boat in. Italy, I'm quite jealous. Oh, right? <laughs> what? Oh, Prado's got a good boat in Italy. Yeah, what? you might have seen it on Instagram. Uh, it's quite cool. What? The... It's quite cool. I just thought I was going to bring it up because I've seen it on Instagram quite a few times, and I was like, "That's cool." I want that boat. I can't fucking cope. <laughs> I can't cope. He, he showed me photos of it in Latvia, and I said, "I need to win a world championship because I want that boat." I, I, I need to go. <laughs> We've only got five questions left. Come on, hammer. Fucking hell, Jesus Christ. Weekend Warrior... Oh, no, we've done that one. <laughs> Thomas SB93. Rumours are Barsha is leaving Yamaha. Is this a chance for him to get to the GPs next year? Okay, do you want me to be quick? Yeah. Yes, I believe Barsha is leading Yamaha, leaving Yamaha. Jason Thomas of Fly Racing, who produced that amazing Formula helmet, uh, formula.flyracing.com. technology and AIS. Um formula.flyracing.com for more on that, wrote a very good feature that I thoroughly enjoyed reading for MX Vice that said that Barsha's in talks with both Moto Concept Honda and Penrite Honda. However, there's also now rumours going around that he's heavily linked to this gas gas effort. Uh, I don't think any of the options are done, but it seems like he's going to end up on one of those three teams. The rumours of Barsha coming to MXGP have been around for as long as I can remember. Yes, he wants to move to Europe or specifically England when he retires because his wife is from England. I just, I just can never see it happening and I don't think it ever will happen. Would it be cool? Yes. Would he do quite well? Yes. Uh, but I just, can't, I just can't see it happening. Although he's linked to Gas Gas in America, maybe that door closes and Gas Gas in Europe opens a door. But it just wouldn't happen. It wouldn't happen. I just can't see it happening. Okay. Ever. Okay, at Kelton Guiver, why don't you guys do post-race podcasts for EMX? Now you have an extra day to do it. Good fucking question, Kelton. Um, I believe Kelton is an EMX rider. Yeah, and he's probably thinking you're a lazy bastard which doesn't go out the day before and do any post-race podcasts because you're swanning it in the hotel with the riders. Honestly, being quick again because James has to go apparently. Apparently this podcast has to be 30 minutes for him. 
I thought about doing it lots. <laughs> I don't see a problem with that. I want to do it lots. I've, wa- I've wanted to do it lots. I've thought about doing it lots. Problem being, if I add that on on Saturday, then I've still got a lot of other stuff to do. So it's like, a, it's, oh, it's a bit of a nightmare. To be honest, Calton, he's fucking lazy. No. And he comes out with shit excuses. I might do one EMX podcast with the winner of each class each week. But reality is... As far as our downloads go, a lot of people would probably be quite confused to get some of these EMX riders on a podcast. So I don't know. I want to do it, and maybe one day I will do it. But the reality is, right now, can I can I just say something? Can I say something first, and you can I... respond? Yeah, come on, crack on. Um, recently, I've learned about the reality of stretching yourself too thin. So I'm trying to juggle everything so that it all sits nicely. Go on, James. Yeah. Okay, so Lewis hasn't learned about time management or actually delegating. So, because Lewis likes to do everything himself. Well, I've tried um, to delegate in the hosting of this podcast to James, and you see how that's gone. I actually have to write <laughs> his introduction for him. I've I got to be honest. I think, and I'm not just saying this to please people and stuff like that, but it's, you know, we've always been about kind of giving those people, young kids or, or, or whatever, um, Exposure with MX Vice. That's the whole reason why the whole reason why it was around. For me, I think we could do a great job of telling those stories of the kids coming up. And I and whether it's videos or whether it's podcasts, I, I do believe that we should do more on the EMX scene and, and more with the young kids coming up and everything else because a lot of these kids have been reading and, and watching and, and and being involved with MX Vice as a fan in their early years. So I, I think it would be really cool to, in my opinion is it'd be really, really cool if you could get some podcasts done with EMX riders. Yeah, I want just... to, I want to, but it is, you, you don't understand the time commitment that comes with the EMX podcast and that's fine. That's fine. To each your own, you and your mansion, looking down on me, running around doing podcasts. Well, uh, I, I don't want to kind of say I've, been there, bought a T-shirt, but it's not our fucking art. You get a dictation phone, you find a rider, and you go, "Tell me about your weekend." Mm, yeah, but we're not. I'll, I'll, I'll try and figure it out, Kelton. Leave it with me, and I'll do my best. Yeah, see you in 2023, Kelton. When you get into MX2, and then he'll fucking have some interest. I believe Kelton is in the MX2 team. Okay, uh, B underscore Norton forty will. Louis have a better attitude. <laughs> no, he's. I, I put this in because A, I don't know where this question's come from. I felt like I've had quite a good attitude recently. Two. No. <laughs> what? I think you have to understand that I don't think it's. I don't think it's. It's not just me who thinks you're a bell end. A lot of people think you're a bell end. You're very nasty to me. I've been the last. <laughs> I, I get messages upon messages on my phone of people saying, I don't know how you put up with it. The reason I put of it, I've got three children, three girls, and you know, eight, twenty, and twenty-three, all different stages of their life, and that's how I can put out of it because I have to deal with Lewis and Lewisisms for nine years now. So it's, but every person has a limit, and I, in the last couple of weeks, have not been fun for me. If not you, been fun at if all. If you don't, what maybe people don't realise is James has said some such horrific things to me on this exact podcast that we're recording right now. But we had to go back and re-record because they were so bad that they can't go out. 
That is utter bollocks. <laughs> Absolutely utter bollocks. What, what, what did... Name one thing well, I said. I can't because it's been taken, it's going to be edited out. So if I say it, we're going to have to edit out this bit as well. Uh, see, you're just making it up now. That's like me saying that you touched me. I, I imagine the producer Rob is very confused right now because he's probably thinking about the thing that he stopped you from saying that has to be edited out and wondering why you don't remember that. Rob's not even here. Rob's gone home. We've gone past our, <laughs> Rob's gone past his curfew. It's like 11 o'clock at night now. Oh, I've got to alarm the building and go home. Well, you do clock off early, don't you, at quarter past four on a Tuesday? Jesus Christ. I... Right. Uh, yeah. Uh, question answers that one. Uh, Lewis's attitude has not got better. I don't think it will be. I think he's... Thanks, B. Norton. I'm really self-conscious is... now and I don't know what I can do to please you. Also, why the hell have you spelt Lewis, L-U-I-S? Do I look Mexican? No, because you are Louis. That's what we call you, Louis. Right. Um, the other thing as well, um, B. Norton, I think he's got an attitude problem because he wants to be in America and he's stuck in the UK. Oh, I like GPs. I like America. At Greeno56, Dylan Walsh has moved to JM Racing. Could he prove himself as a young rider? Yeah. That's about that's the level you want from me now, isn't it? So you can go... <laughs> Yeah, I've, I I think from what I've seen so far, he's um he's been really really good. Yeah, I think I think he can potentially get up to Monticelli level results, and clearly that's enough to get you a ride. So I I think if I I think if he continues on a trend he was on just in that second or third race in Latvia alone, I wouldn't be surprised if Jackie Martins resigns him because Jackie Martins does have a track record of working with young talent. But Walsh is underrated. Fact. Cool. At Thomas Rakak one, did all the teams stop swapping wheels before gates drop? Uh, I believe that's only done. I, I, oh, sorry. I, I, I don't really understand the question. <laughs> you wouldn't, would you? <laughs> No. Have you not noticed? Please not explain and enlighten me. <laughs> have you not noticed how in recent years, uh, including nations at Redbud, MXGP teams always have a spare rear wheel on a starting line, and after a sighting lap, they swap it out. And then they lift, no. they lift the new fresh back wheel up off the ground until it gets on the grate. Basically, I believe that's only done when. I've noticed that um, uh, basically. Yeah, they'll just put a cover over it to go down the line, but I've never seen them change a wheel in the paddock in the in the start area. Um yeah, it's become quite common. But no, they haven't stopped, but I believe it's only done in wetter slash clayier conditions. So Latvia wouldn't really fall under that. But obviously, if you go out for the sighting lap and your back wheel gets climbed up a bit, a bit wet, then you're gonna spin on the metal grate. So put a freshie on there and you're away to go. But I would bet if Fienza is heavily watered before, say, MX2 Moto 01, and the sighting lap is a bit mucky, which it could be because I've looked at weather for Fienza a lot lately, and it looks like they're hitting 37 degrees lately. So if it's that, I'd imagine a shit ton of water is going to go down. Then, then in that situation, I would imagine the back wheels will be swapped out. But in Latvia, no need. Okay, if uh, any factory teams out there or riders that want to save themselves 400 quid on a new wheel, even strokes do sell mud scrapers. Uh, they're quite effective at scraping <laughs> off the mud. You're a mess. You're and a mess. Uh, they're a, 
They're available for $7.99. Um, pop over to evenstrokes.com. Okay, last thank fuck. Last question. I'm sure Red Bull KTM will be straight on that $7.99 mud scraper. Yep. Uh, and they're, they're a fool if they're not. Uh, at Henk Jan Laugis. Lawis? Lawis? How is it possible that the transponder line cable was coming loose at the finish jump at Kegums? Lewis? I haven't... Louis? This... This was obviously um, on, this this Lulu. this was obviously pointed to for the reason that Benoit Patrell crashed on the finish jump at Kegum's last race and uh, injured his back. I didn't see it, but I question how it was possible to be the reason because for a transponder cable to come so far out of the ground that it caused you to go flying over the bars on a jump, surely that would have to be. That wouldn't be poking its head up. That would surely have to be so far out of the ground that it would get wrapped and caught in the back wheel. Surely, no? Did you just say poking his head up? Poking its head up out of the ground. <laughs> what, the cable's got a head? No, but it's, a, it's just a phrase, isn't it, to, to... I question. Not really. I don't want to put, like... That's obviously the reason they've given... I just need to see it for myself or photo proof because in my head it doesn't quite make sense. Maybe it's maybe I'm wrong, but I can't see how the transponder line cable would have been that far out of the ground that it would have caused a crash of that nature. Maybe I'm wrong, but I'm I'm just I question it. That's all. I can understand okay. why potentially those two things. Okay, we're done, aren't we? I, I, I question a lot of things, Lewis. A lot of things. I really wish there was a way to work out how many words you say on this podcast versus me, because I feel like I've just done a solo show. Oh, well, why don't you fucking do it, Stato? I'm surprised <laughs> you haven't done it yet. No one cares. Again, no one cares. No one even listens this far. Literally, they're never going to listen this far. I mean, what was it this week? Fucking two and a half hours of you going on about... Fucking soil examples. No one cares. <laughs> I'd just like to say... No one to, cares. I would just like to say, um, congrats to Dabon and Folk. You're getting an MX Vice t-shirt for James absolutely shitting over your question, which was quite good and I had a lot to say about. And also, Chris United 93 who sent in a four-part question that James criticised for being so long. Thanks for your efforts because you actually gave me a lot of good stuff to talk about, which us fans of motocross enjoy. Unfortunately, the other guy... And- is here, punching the clock. And I would like to congratulate Chris Matthews for winning his T-shirt with uh, Lewis wearing a dress. Okay, as the person who supposedly runs MX Vice, in your own words, I do not, I do not approve that. Yeah, no one cares. Okay, brilliant. This podcast was brought to you by Fly Racing, Liat, Planet Motor Holidays, Yoko Europe, Prop Racing Parts, Technical Touch, Hinson, KYB7, even Strokes, Kawasaki UK, and Talon Engineering. I'm James Burfield. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of the MX Vice Podcast Show. I'm off to do some work, and Lewis is off to take a lady upstairs to show him his Racer X collection. See you next week, Lewis. Will you? <laughs> <laughs> Bye. You are listening to the MX Vice Show. Even Strokes is the newest e-commerce store in motocross. Built by motocross enthusiasts, Even Strokes understands your need and offers all of the products you need for a weekend at the track. 
Shop now for Yoko, Alpine Stars, Fast House, and more at evenstrokes.com. Hinson is the world-leading manufacturer of clutch baskets, clutch covers, clutch discs, and springs for both dirt bikes and quads. Hinson products are used by many leading riders like HRC Honda, Monster Energy Kawasaki, KTM Factory Racing, and Monster Energy Yamaha Factory Racing. Shop for Hinson products at technical-touch.com. Talon wheels have been iconic in the industry for over 30 years. Designed, built, and manufactured in the UK. Talon wheels, sprockets, and footrests, and clutch baskets are used by professional riders like Jason Anderson, Zach Osborne, and Sean Simpson. Head over to www.talon-eng.co.uk for more info. Liat, protecting riders from head to toe. Check out liat.com for more. Technical Touch have been supplying KYB OEM spare parts and factory kit suspension in Europe for decades. Many of the riders you see on track in the FIM Motocross World Championship are using KYB suspension from Technical Touch. Whether you are looking for factory kit suspension or KYB spare parts and oils, they have you covered. Shop now at www.technical-touch.com. Yoko have returned to top flight motocross with a bang. The Yoko Vili collection is made with racing in mind and designed to be the lightest and most flexible motocross gear on the market. Go to yokoeurope.com to locate your nearest dealer or shop online. The MX Vice Show. 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 Show